Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DimensionalBrowns.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joining today, we have Birdie. Well, thank God it's Canada time. And Nico. And Nix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a minute since our last one of these. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, oh God, was the last one fucking the crisis? The last one was Doomsday Clock. Yeah, you weren't oh, here well, for that I wasn't one. on that one. Okay, so it's been even longer for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the last one you were on was just our, which is kind of a return to form regular thing where we talked about the mask comic, the new one. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just want to throw this out there before I forget about it. We can talk about this off the air as well again. But in the future, just pitching it, I might be able to get some Venom trades on the cheap if you guys wanted to talk about some horrible Venom comics. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I just I got reminded of the time that Bernie talked about that horrible other one with the squealing in it. So speaking oh, of terrible. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of terrible, at time of recording, we just finished recording Titans. Like, a couple days ago. And... Nico actually brought up a point that I didn't realize had gotten to be that big of a problem yet. We don't cover a lot of things positively. <laughs> Not much recently, no. Like, we did the Titans, and then even looking back at like the last couple of uh, comics podcasts, the last just straight up like, hey, we are talking about something good, was when Vertigo died again. Oh God! Oh yeah, that was right. That was a great one. We talked about Transmet. We talked about. Uh, I brought that to the table, and then Swamp you guys thing. Wrote Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, I think I brought Pride um, of Baghdad. Yeah, the yeah, happy yeah, one yeah. where the lions get shot by American soldiers. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> the Spec Ops, the line of kitties. To be fair with the Venom, though, I meant that in a good way because I actually found no, I that entertaining. <laughs> but yes, I get where yeah. you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, just we have been. I, me specifically, have been on my bullshit of let's watch something terrible for so goddamn long. And with the nightmare that is currently happening around the world, uh, it felt like good enough time. It felt like as good a time as any to actually talk about something positive and talk about something that we enjoy, or at the very least, two thirds of us enjoy going into it. <laughs> so, we're going to be talking about the Boom Studios Power Rangers book. Specifically, the first, specifically the arcs that happened before Shattered Grid. Shattered Grid, that's a monster in and of itself. Yeah, that, that that's our Sisyphean task for the future. Yeah, so we wanted to just kind of keep it to... Also, we don't want to kill Nico. Yeah. Yeah, so we just <laughs> want to keep it to like, hey, here are the first like two collected volumes before Shattered Grid. And then we go from there and see what happens. But we mainly wanted to do this... Well, I mainly want to do this because I want to talk about something I like. And I really like this book. I kind of fell off once Shattered Grid happened, but those first fucking 24 issues fucking held me, entertained me, and was completely satisfying as a Power Rangers fan. Mostly, yes. Yeah, th- like like I said, we'll, we'll get into <laughs> issues we have, but... For the most part, this is good. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with your sentiment towards, like, focusing on more positive things, especially, like, now, like, of all things, right? So, yeah. like, that's really, it's cool, and that's why I, I kind of, I enjoy coming back for these deep dives on particular things as well, right? It's 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 nice to have a free-form discussion of something that we can possibly all enjoy, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. For those who don't know. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was the first Power Ranger series over here in the States. Uh, it was over here in the West. It was a it was a essentially a re-edit of a Japanese TV series. It was Saban being an insane person. Yeah, and making a media empire out of it. Which I learned a little bit on that uh, that Toys That Made Us show. <laughs> <laughs> Not Netflix. I watched that, yeah. and they talk about the forming of the of the Power Rangers in America and the toy line, which I was a huge fan of. By the way, yeah. Now, and, granted, yeah. I, I asked. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I was also the Green Ranger for Halloween when I was about seven years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, when I was like when I, when I was young, I was the Red Ranger. <laughs> I think I was blue. If I'm not green, I'm blue. Nice. But I was just say I was just gonna say. I too, like um, Hayam Saban, have stayed up watching late night TV in Japan and God, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <sighs> it it kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was just, hey, let's take this fucking footage from Japan, let's edit out the story, and then put in our own story with American actors, and that kind of made Power Rangers, which has lasted now for, like, fucking what, 23, 24, 25 years? Uh, 27. 27, oh, fuck, okay, we're, we're a bit beyond where I was. 93 will be the 30th. So 2023 will be the 30th anniversary. So, 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 so is the original the Super Sentai thing? Is that what it, where it yes. spawned from? Well, okay, yeah. it's not the original Super yeah, it's, Sentai. It's, it wasn't the first Super Sentai. It was like you know a couple in, but because original okay. Super Sentai goes back to like the 60s. So, oh, okay, yeah, but okay. it was originally a Super Sentai series, right? Yeah. And as someone who has seen that Super Sentai series, for Western fans, Power Rangers did that a favor because. <laughs> Jew Ranger, as it's called, uh, is not all that great for Western audiences. It's kind of too weird and kitty. And if anyone's ever heard the term kinny when thinking about like bad Gamera films, there are too many kinnies in Jew Ranger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say Jew Ranger? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's spelled Z-Y-U, but in Japanese, it's Jew. So Jew Ranger, right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, no, I had that first reaction too. When I, when yeah. I was Jew Ranger, Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like they took off their fucking helmets and just a yarmulke popped out. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> no, you, that, I. It's like we got to beat this monster. Reaction, we got to beat this monster quick because it's time for temple. Yeah, no, I swear I wasn't trying to make an anti-Semitic <laughs> joke. No, <laughs> just, I know. I, know. <laughs> I just didn't. It, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure Japan wasn't, because right. sometimes Japan is kind of iffy Japan, on the whole Japan's cultural weird. difference thing. Yeah, look yeah. at most of their portrayals of black people. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. But yeah, so Power Rangers kind of fucking took off here. Uh, has gone on for 27 years uh, with a new series that premiered earlier this year. 
which is pretty all right. Yeah, I mean, are they, well, are, are they still in space or no? Oh no, space oh, was no. I mean, well, space happens occasionally. Yeah, the, it, the, <laughs> like okay. To be fair, guys, I just want to throw this out there for any uh, maybe casual listeners tuning in, or or it, well, I mean, if you've been listening for a long time, you know these guys are, are bigger fans of Parma than I am. I, I haven't kept up on it since like the original series when I was younger, right? But, yeah, so, so that's why I just want to put out. And this is my first time reading. Yeah, this so, book so in Nico, particular. essentially, what ha- essentially with Power Rangers, the thing you got to understand is that whenever the name changes, like going from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Power Rangers Zero to Power Rangers in Space, right. Those are the, think of those kind of as new series. Ah, okay. Where they either well, where, they, uh, where I said I said kind of recently especially. Okay. But back in the day, it was back in the, like those first five seasons, and mm-hmm. then kind of afterwards for like crossover stuff. But those first five seasons were essentially one continuous story. Right. And then once you got to like once you got to Power Rangers in space, that's kind of when things started going more in the. Uh, Kind of going more in the, we are basically separate series, but we will still mention and cross over with other stuff. Yeah, because Sentai changes cast, story, costumes, everything, season to season. They will sometimes have crossovers, but mm-hmm. there's no connection across series other than that. Yeah. Now, that was kind of a hard sell for a kid's TV show in the early 90s. So what they did with the, the three seasons that are called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is they took three separate Sentais and used stuff from them to justify continuing the series, even if they ran out of stock footage, and they just kept the suits the same, and the cast, mostly. Yeah. But then after In Space kind of wrapped up that storyline, they then started going, hey, we have discrete teams with their own unique powers, with their own unique enemies and their own unique mentors and essentially just kind of going from there having their own discrete storylines and then and then like in the last like few years or so I think the last like 10 years like like five ten years or so they have largely stopped doing crossovers okay so but you're saying that every time they've retitled the show though then that is an essentially a new group of teenagers Basically. or the- Okay, that's all. Okay, that's that's good to know because I just didn't know if they were just re. Oh, this is the new Tommy. The, you know what I mean? Like the new oh, person no, playing. You know what Tommy I mean? Yeah. Oli- okay. Yeah, Tommy Oliver is Jason David Frank. Right. Okay. Okay. That's kind of cool that they've at least kept choosing new uh, key players in every team, right? I mean, oh yeah. That's kind of yeah. yeah and, that, unle- that's unless cool. well, actually, unless you are Tommy Oliver, in which case you are always the keyest player. Yeah, right. they, they they will have. Famous cast members come back for subsequent seasons occasionally. Ah, uh, okay. And, yeah, sometimes most notably, but yeah, yeah, a lot of the time they'll come back playing the same character. Uh, one guy they brought back, uh, he was originally a Red Ranger, then came back as an entirely unrelated villain, then got arrested in real life for stabbing a man with a sword. Yes, I heard about that. <laughs> that one right, I heard about that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo I, Medina Jr. I believe was his name. Uh, Jason Cole and Wild Force. No, okay, Jason yeah. David we, we, Frank. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I'm, I'm saying, just saying, if we keep doing this, we're going to be yeah, doing this <laughs> forever. forever. I just kind of wanted really to give the folks the at home. Thing. I wanted to give the folks at home who haven't heard of Power Rangers or like aren't familiar with Power Rangers the way we are to have an idea of what Power Rangers is, like Nico. 
Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I watched the show when I was a kid, but that was about it. Like yeah. that, Hence why I asked, are they still in space? Because the last time I remember that I actually took notice of a change in during my adult life was like, oh, look, the Power Rangers have a show in space now. Which yeah. I was like, well, Rangers that's... in space. Right. <laughs> one of the, still one of the best seasons, even if it has that one episode that I always skip where it <laughs> mentions the worst version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ever made. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that. They do that. These uh, hardcovers I have also, the intros were, one was written by Jason David Frank, and the other one was written by Austin St. John. Yes, Austin St. John played Jason. <laughs> the original Red, Red, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Still, yeah, I preferred Red Mighty Morphin Ranger. I, nothing against Rocky, he's just... He didn't have anything I, really to do. He was, he was just kind of like yeah. there to fill space up so that Tommy could take over. <laughs> yeah, like once they... Okay, I guess I'll say this. But I really want to cut this off so we can actually talk about the actual book. Sure. Like when they first introduced Tommy, he wasn't supposed to be like the lead character everyone focuses on. It was supposed to be Jason, which was part of the reason why, for most of season one, Tommy was not in it all that much. Yeah, like, yeah. But but once they brought Tommy back as permanent cast in season two, uh. There was the issue of the two leaders thing, basically, because everyone wasn't sure whether or not it was supposed to be Jason they were listening to or Tommy, and they kind of fixed that, not for good reasons, but they fixed that when they brought in three different cast members, one of which I only know because, hey, I like Trigun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... Anyway, so let's start with... Yes. Um, so first, first impressions... Uh, Nico, since you're the layman, we still, I still have for... a bit of ground to cover. Hmm? Still got a bit of ground to cover in terms of like actually setting up the book itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Power Rangers, it happened. It continued on for you know until today. And in 2016, uh, the folks over at Boom Studios, uh, they started releasing their own. They started releasing a new book for the thing. Uh, started with an issue zero. Uh, the series. For what we're going to be covering is primarily written by Kyle Higgins, drawn by Hendry Hendry Prisetia, hope I got the name right, with colors by Matt Herms. And for any deviations from that, I will we will I will mention it. And the series the series uh, t- takes place very soon after Green with Evil, the storyline that introduced Tommy Oliver to the show and introduced the Green Ranger. Yeah, which if you want, if if you're one of those people who's like, what do I need to know from the original Power Rangers? You basically just have to know the premise of Power Rangers, yeah. which you could either just watch Day with the Dumpster or just listen to the theme song. Either would work, yeah. and then watch Green with Evil. That's about it. I watched the rest of those episodes in between those two things happening. Not much happened, unless you really like early '90s body swapping or uh, really petty antics and bullshit. <laughs> Or it's a fantastic green screen of a flying car. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Billy's basically Tony Stark. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, that was before, like, if you were going to go into overall impressions first off, I, that was my only other question was... Um, Prior knowledge going into this, which you answered, and to be fair, I was fine. Like I, 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 knowing at least that much, like going into this series, I wasn't really confused by much. 
uh, maybe some clarification along the way, which we'll get into. And we start talking about the story on a couple of things, just like things I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, but the main thing I kind of was just curious about was, was were these specific storylines, any of these in these comic issues told in the actual series though? No. Okay. So yeah. Cause okay. My overall impression was I, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, you know, we'll get into it, but I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I actually liked the second half more so than I think than the first half, like the second hardcover, okay. which is issues 13 to 24, which was, I guess, the conclusion of that first long arc, which was like 16 issues uh, of yeah. the Green Ranger. And uh, going into kind of a couple of like the one and done storylines, which tied into a longer storyline, which introduced the original you know, we'll get into it. Ranger, Red Ranger yeah. team leader, and all that. That that was that was all really good. And I actually, I knowing now that these stories were never actually told on the, the actual uh, original series, which I didn't think they were, but I'm like, I have no clue. Um, you know, I mean, uh, this is this is sorry. Go on. I, I thought it was no, really good. I was just good. gonna say. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, but like saying story next to season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is <laughs> yeah, a bit of a stretch. Usually. Yeah, like early Power Rangers is early Power Rangers is, hey, there's a problem that's happening. I wonder if we can help. We're, we sure can. Right. What, a monster? Better go beat it up. Hey, moral <laughs> lesson. And then Bulk yeah. of Skull are there fucking falling into right. trash cans. A bunch of, you know, a bunch of scenes of them fighting putties, big monster, done. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's essentially that, green with evil, and then that for the rest of the, for the for, until like fucking Zeo. <laughs> For, for sure but that's but that's what i mean like even like adding to that like it's a testament to the series that even with that kind of very basic basis even if like you said even the first season maybe it was it was like that maybe it got better from there but i thought this was really well done like you can tell like he's a fan of the kyle higgins i think was a fan of the material you guys have said it before when you were reading the actual series and talking about it on on the show um you know years ago when you first started reading it i i, I mean i i I think it's 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 really well done. Like yeah. I I was I was invested. Like sure I have some nostalgia t- to this property, but not enough to say like I need to like you know love this series. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, hundred like, percent. Like this, yeah. This, this series well re- this series reels you in with the nostalgia, then keeps you in here with like good writing. Yes. Yes, yeah. and and that's the that's the reason why I don't give many of these licensed property comics a, a, a shot because in the past I, I've done so, and even with the nostalgia factor, it only strings you along for so long, and then if the story itself isn't good or the art team isn't good, you're just gonna end up falling off of it and, and not reading it or enjoying it. Because and that's not, that's what I found many a times right with uh, license. Yeah comics but this this was pretty good this was i i really liked it yeah and like this one like talking about fucking starting off strong this thing starts off fucking hard as we move into issue zero mm-hmm. yeah uh and it starts out with just fucking uh the green ranger standing um standing in a field of rubble with all the other rangers defeated at his feet this read is just like yeah fucking sick dude this is awesome <laughs> dead they're they're dead yeah they're dead Trini's Nothing fucking vi- Trini's visor is cracked. Uh, we only see dudes. Billy's hand, so God knows what happened to the rest of them. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, Tommy has the sword of evil. Whatever the fuck it, that thing was called. Oh, sword of darkness. Right, sword of darkness. Sorry, yeah, the sword of evil is a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, so yeah, Rita is there, Rita is there with Tommy, just kind of going, "Yes, this is fucking awesome." Rangers are dead. Let's fucking go, bro. But it turns out that's all just a fucking daydream. As we then got into, they was then got into Jason's truck as they are driving into school. Yeah, with uh, Rita Repulsa serving the role of Batman in the voice of Dick Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> just Rita's hanging out in the back of Jason's Jeep just saying, hey, Tommy, Tommy, guess what? You suck. You suck dick. Come be evil with me. It's awesome. Look at my hair. <laughs> yeah, and then we meet up with the rest of the Rangers, and it kind of just kind of off the bat, we can see that they are, that, that Kyle Higgins is like, putting more time into like trying to develop them as characters. Yes. Because with, with like with original power Rangers, shockingly, they weren't exactly deep character pieces. Yeah. Like I think the reason I prefer the, the, the gen one mighty Morphin team to the gen two or gen three is just because the actors gave more personality to their roles than they, than in subsequent generations, and because of that, they didn't have to rely quite as much on the writing. But, eh. uh, yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll again, we'll get into it more as we go on. But I, I think like the depth that he put into even like peripheral characters, like ones like that aren't the main cast of Power Ranger characters, was even more impressive to me. Like the uh, Goldar, that's his name, right? Yeah, and, Goldar. Uh, oh yeah, and mm-hmm. fin- Finster is Finster or yep, Finster? The, yeah, Finster. Yeah. Both of those characters, I loved their the views on those characters in this. Like, I like I like what he did with those characters a lot. Like oh, more yeah. so Turn- even than Rita Repulsa. Oh yeah, turning Goldar from basically like just a just a fucking like fancy monkey to basically a samurai, and just like and just like his like. You know, there was that moment. Yeah, well, again, well, I know we'll get we're gonna get into all the that stuff, but like, just like again, like him shoot making decisions for himself, like and not yeah. just like abiding to, you know, even though he tried and he's got like a kind of an ethic, like a code, a code kind of t- type thing, right? Like by, um, you know, uh, working with Rita. But I just felt like those characters who I felt were just gonna be, like you said, no substance. Maybe like the actual TV series. He actually told like interesting stories with those characters, and I was like, "That's what really impressed me." Because I'm like, I, I, I saw them, and I'm like, I remember these guys from this series, but I had no context for anything about these characters. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I I can't remember anything about those characters, just that I know who they are. I've seen them before, but I've never, I don't know anything other than that, right? Like, so. Well, there's not much else to know, really. Like. In the original series, like Finster made the monsters, and Goldar was was there. Was Rita's yeah. lieutenant mostly. Yes. The rest were just comedy relief. Yeah, and yeah. actually, to, to be fair, like uh, he, uh, Kyle Higgins did a good job of like deciding who to like give depth to because, like, while he while he does give like a bit more meat to Finster and Goldar, he doesn't give a fuck about Squat and Babu. They're just there being themselves. <laughs> Which is good. You need, you need to like pick and choose when you're gonna when you're gonna go like okay, this guy gets pathos, this guy gets pooped on. I, I just yeah. felt like repeatedly throughout these stories, if if they were left to their own devices, like and Rita Repulsa didn't continuously make bad fucking decisions, that they actually would succeed more. Like that's what I got out of this. Like it's it just seemed that way to me in these stories. Like they made actual smart decisions in these stories, and yeah. Rita oh, I mean, was just that, that Rita more- just. Yeah, sorry. That just that becomes more explicit in the stuff after the first Dracon arc when yeah uh, Finster's that's, like, well, yeah, 
Empress, I've, I've lived my whole life being told what to do, so I just sort of assume whoever's telling me what to do knows better than me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, while the Rangers are at school doing school stuff, Tommy and Kim flirting in class, whatevs. They have cell phones now because it's the, it's the present. Yeah. Uh, Rita drops a monster. Rangers suit up, get fucking ready to go. And we get a little bit of uh, tension seeing that this is still very early in like Tommy being a part of the team. As the Rangers in as the Rangers in the Megazord are trying to get a plan going, uh, trying to like, essentially Zack and Jason want to do a double down. Which never really explained what that is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those uh, things they don't have to answer. Yeah, because they're wise, because it did. It became, teams. Yeah. Yeah, but, but also, uh, good. I'm sorry. Like the the big thing I love about this part of the series is just that basically after Green with Evil was over in the original series, there was like no consequences to it other than there was now a Green Ranger. Yeah, which the whole point of this is to say, oh no, there's consequences to how this played out. Yeah, like we is, yeah we see that immediately where like the Rangers they have plans they have strategies with names and stuff and tommy's just like no worry i got us let's go yeah just real go there's real gung-ho and then as rita is like mocking him he begins to lose control of the dragon zord uh eventually he's been able to like force his way through and defeat the monster but not before but immediately afterwards he falls back crashes into a bridge and almost kills like five people <laughs> luckily the kid was there to save the day Back at the command center, uh, yeah, we get some actual fucking tension and Jason being a goddamn team leader and sort of being a mentor. And Zach being, uh, I don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah, which I I like, I like that they are doing stuff with Zach in this. Like, I, like, I don't remember, there weren't exactly, you know, defined roles back in the day other than, other than Billy is smart, Jason is lead, Kim is girl. Yeah, Trini is there. Yellow Ranger. Uh, Zach is Black Ranger. Yes, Trini. Uh, yeah. Yes, Trini and Zach are accidentally a problem. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I think that's another thing he did pretty good job of in this. I feel that they all got significant moments throughout the, the these issues. I think, um, or at least parts to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I, th- I didn't think anybody was wasted as a result. Like everybody kind of had their own um, moments, even some. Which again, we'll get into some um, flashback issues, which I was conflicted on at first, but I ultimately I think I liked how they worked for yeah. the story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so af- yeah, so uh, as is happening, a uh, Scorpina, a lesser uh, lieutenant of Rita. Yeah, down- she never showed up outside of Green with Evil in the in the series, but yeah, she had she heads over to the she heads to the river where. The monster was destroyed and fishes out a crystal. They were just like, yes, fucking, let's go, dude. Uh, and then we pick up in, we get into the main series proper, which starts out with the Bulk and Skull YouTube channel. Which I like. I really like that this is a thing. Yeah, well, I also like that uh, the version of Bulk and Skull they're going with here is clearly not the one from the original series. This is like the version of them from like later on in other seasons where they decided not mm. to just make them the bullies. Yeah. 
Were originally these guys just running around with a camcorder or something uh, like that? No, they no originally that. they were just bullies. Yeah, they were right. just like, oh, you goody goods. We're going to try to show you up and be really mm. bad at it. Yeah, they were sent. Yeah, like Bulk and Skull originally, their arc was the arc of Flash Thompson. Right, 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 right. Now, now, now you guys actually reminded me about the bully angle, right? But did they eventually become this fan club thing like that's uh, in here? Kind of like they like they loved the okay. Rangers. Uh, they okay. The Rangers inspired them to become cops, which they were terrible at. Yeah. And then like and like they there's an I am Spartacus moment where Bulk and Skull are the first two to stand up and say, "Hey, hey, person threatening to destroy the Earth, where the Rangers let the people live." Like I said, it was a, it was a, it was essentially a Flash Thompson arc. Mm-hmm. Would start out as bullies, then get inspired by the people we're bullying without knowing it, and then become fucking heroes. Like it's a, it's a bit of a meme almost at this point with uh, like Linkara in his history of Power Ranger stuff. But I very much subscribe to his idea of Bulk and Skull becoming like a Bulk and Skull like learning to be heroes. Mm-hmm. Just over the course of five seasons. It was cool. And so having them be not just bullies anymore and now just kind of leaning whole hog into, you know, you know, modern day stuff and having them run a YouTube channel where they are just obsessed with Power Rangers. Right. Yeah, that's a good way of uh, modernizing the characters and giving them purpose, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so they, they essentially give a very, very, very brief rundown of what the Power Rangers are. Uh, right. As well as. As well as, you know, the green with evil bit. Yeah, you know what? I, I find that you have to have at least know who they are. Like, for me, like I said, I haven't watched the series since I was, like, a young kid, like, at that time. I, I, I feel I just, just had enough context for these characters to read this and enjoy it. I don't know. I think you would at least need to know who they are, like you guys said, or at least know those stories to have read this, though. I, I really don't... I think they did a wonderful job of you not needing to know anything, but I think that just a little bit would help. Because for me, I found it was the perfect amount of, like... And, and like I said, Green Ranger was my favorite Ranger, so I I, I love this whole first kind of arc, right? Like, uh-huh. because of that, too. Like, for... Because, you know, he was the main kind of focus of this, in a way, at times, so... Oh, yeah, that this, yeah. this, this was very much Tommy's story. Yeah, so like for me as an intro to this comic book series, I, I was quite pleased by that. But personally, yeah. Uh, so as they're continuing on talking about everything, uh, they get up to what happened in issue zero, where they where apparently that was the first time that Tommy had actually gone out and fight fought with the Rangers as part of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And so they started getting some man of the street stuff, which is divisive to say the least. Including interviewing actually Billy and Trini, which I I like that they've paired those two off as kind of their own little subunit within the Rangers. I'll get, we'll get it we'll get into more about how they interact with each other, but I I just like those two together and the way they're written together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually he gets up to Tommy, and Tommy is unsure of what to say for some reason. Oh, he and Kim. Until he completes a character arc, he can't answer the question. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, he and Kim flirt a bit. Continuing that, that's all good. Uh, as Jason and Zach get detention. 
these beginning bits. I feel like I really should have taken notes and just condensed more of this. <laughs> well, because a lot of this uh, first couple of issues, the only plot stuff is really the way I, at least for up through the first end of the first Dracon arc, I sort of describe it as first, first volume is Tommy getting over his self-confidence issues and his concerns about whether or not he's a good person. Second volume is Tommy having figured out who he is, now having to convince all the other rangers who he is. Volumes three and four is him confronting that, which we'll get into. But it's it forms a character. Each volume of the first four forms a character arc because of that. Yeah. And this first volume, there's not. It's mostly plot set up and character establishment. So yeah, of course, there's not much going on other than just fun little character bits. Yes, like. Like, for example, Rita talking to Tommy about how he's being so isolated from everybody. And then the Rangers literally abandon him because they because of lunch period. <laughs> Which I don't know. Is that a is that a thing having different lunch periods? Yeah. OK, my none of my schools had that big bigger schools, yeah. particularly in the United States, will have split lunch periods because like uh. the school I work at has like twelve hundred kids. So uh, they can't they can't have all of them eat at once, so they have to split it up into multiple periods. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with uh, you, Dead Man. I, I same thing. My, well, that's because period. you went you went to Canadian schools, that's which right. must be much nicer <laughs> than a most American schools. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, probably cleaner. I didn't get frisked for firearms when I walked in school. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have we didn't really have security guards. We kind of had the vice principal. But uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So as Tommy is left to sadly eat whatever fucking bologna sandwich his mom made him, uh, we get the last little uh, we get the last bit of a uh, band on the street stuff for Balkan Skull with which is Zach and Jason. And Zach's just like, hey, I'm the leader of the team. Let's fucking second chances, dude. Let's go. And we get uh, some of Rita's plan going forward for this. Uh, The crystal that Scorpina got last time is a crystal meant to gather green chaos energy. Right. Uh, Which was created when the Dragon Zord both destroyed Bulzer and blew up the fucking bridge. And this is... Yeah, this is more forethought than Rita has ever had in a plan. Yeah, it's weird. Like, the, I think the running joke Dead and I always had was we were reading this, like, wait, Rita's competent? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Now, granted, it doesn't last even in this series, but still, it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, so uh, Zach and Jason in attention talking about stuff. Uh, Zach's been acting funky. Which I think is a, which I think is a foreshadowing for issue five. Yeah, that first right. flashback issue, Nico. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think it worked, but at first it threw me, threw me off, yeah. and I felt it was a weird move for a series like this to do that at first, like because usually, yeah. again, you you're I expect to see that in like a a long form telling story, like a like a Vertigo series or like. You know what I mean? Like something something like that 
where you can afford to take those character moments and like five issues in felt really early for me for something like that. Yeah, but, that's kind. That's kind of this entire series. They keep doing things a bit too early. But but I think it worked. Like to be fair, like in the long run, the more because they, they did it a few times in this series, like these yeah. flashback moments with different people. Yeah, or just like like because because in a way, like you said, like they kind of jumped into the story, and then a few issues later, then they decided to double back and explain something to you. So I, so when I first read it, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Like this kind of this seems like sloppy sl- storytelling in a way, right? But. Then I was like, okay, like I, I kind of got on board after the fact. The more I, I kind of thought about it, I was like, you know what, that was that was pretty well done. I felt. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with Nico that sometimes the flashback stuff's not necessarily well placed within the story, but they usually pay off. Yeah, and I say usually because I'm going to talk about one of the examples I think is kind of a flaw in the series, but we'll get to that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the apocalypse. Just say a pocket dimension. Uh, Tommy and Tommy and Kim are training, which is something you never it's saw. It's the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, it's the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> where, where no That's matter awesome. Yeah, where no matter what <laughs> direction. It's a total unwinnable situation designed to see how you handle failure. It's it's the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, which is a little bit exacerbated when Rita is there the entire time saying, "Hey, you're gonna it's fucking okay. fail this." Someone else probably wouldn't have failed. Yeah. I, I love that moment to be honest. Yeah, I was great. like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is really cool, actually. The whole idea of like the whole the whole um, morphing grid stuff and the whole like you said, like the training scenario, like that kind of stuff. I again, I never really thought of, and if that those did exist in the series, that's really cool. But I was like, oh, oh these, these are really interesting concepts. I wouldn't have thought of with Power Rangers. I was like, this that's cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah, and. Uh- Yes, after finding out that it's an impossible thing and and just he he blows off Kim for a date they had set up, runs the training simulation a few more times, heads home, and is attacked by Scorpina, who now has the fucking gem thing uh embedded in her boomerang. Because Scorpina's main weapon is a boomerang. Uh, a boomerang blade. Yes. Uh so, issue two. Uh we cut away a little bit as we get as we get into the thing I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the relationship I really like with Billy and Trini. They are inside the Dragon Zord uh, running it full diagnostic to see what the deal is with it. Which, God, I love that image of the Dragon Zord just at the bottom yeah. of the ocean surrounded by sharks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just hanging yeah. down there next, next to like, the effects of the reef as sharks just swimming around and it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. But yeah, I like this because it is something that I... I don't know if I remember it being touched on in the series or if I just wished it had been touched on in the series mm-hmm. of the, of, those, like, of the, uh, just uh, the anxiety Billy has about being a member of the team when he is very much not like the rest of the team. That, that's one of the things that was in the series, but it was never dealt with effectively in the series. And there's also an unintended element of, Oh God, they added that's hard to think about now going back to like the actor who played Billy yeah. was apparently harassed by the cast because he was gay, which is not fun to think about now, but was the cast or the crew? Uh, uh, some cast, some crew. I don't, I don't think any of the main Rangers, but I think other people on the cast were oh, apparently, well, that's really shitty. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's early nineties. Yeah. It's, it was it, <laughs> right. 
And it, but it really it, it sucks like real hard just because of how much David Yost, the actor who played Billy, gave to the series. Because mm-hmm. he was a main character. He was the Blue Ranger for the entirety of Mighty Morphin and then stayed around for Zio. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, so uh, yeah, they're kind of running diagnostic stuff. Um, Billy was a little bit concerned about what would actually be in the Dragon Zord itself. A little, a little surprised to find out that it's just a Zord. But the thing yeah, that I kind of like about their like dynamic here is, is like it, like, Trini is smart. It's yes. shown that she is a very intelligent person in this. Yeah. When Billy wasn't around, she had to step up a couple of times in this series. Yeah, it's yeah, like Billy, like like, like Billy's the kind of guy who can invent a flying car. Trini can put Trini can fix one, mm-hmm. and I like that. I, I like that dynamic of essentially her just being like the deputy science officer of the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. and how that like she, she grows to really enjoy that as a character trait. Yeah, throughout the series. That she likes showing off her intelligence. That she gets to actually use her intelligence. Yeah, and it never and because of who Billy is as a character, it never it never feels like the thing of uh, it, 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 they never run into the trope of having like the guy on top be super like possessive and jealous of anybody showing intelligence close to his. Yeah, Billy's just like yeah, I fucking love science, and then Trini's there to talk science with him, and it's just it's just it's just a nice dynamic. Yeah. I, I, I was it's actually like, it's like either yeah. Peter Parker without the angst or Reed Richards with a soul. Yeah. Mm. One or the other. <laughs> I, I I easily just made the comparison in my head because you're talking about like the different archetypes of like the, that these characters kind of play in their in their own team. And I, I, I had to make the easy comparison in my head somewhat to the turtles for a second, but then I realized there's not really any jokester in the team, is there? Like a like a Michelangelo and or uh, uh yeah, not in the not not like the one whose sole existence is I I do jokes. Yeah, right. they that, that's kind of spread throughout everyone. Like like everyone's able right. to like quips in. Right, right, yeah. Because I kind of just there, there is no one head. who's in, yeah, but there is no one whose entire thing is like I'm the wacky one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I guess I guess you can Although say I'm that. Although I'm imagining the the first MMPR movie with Dead Man going, oh, I'm doing something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you can make the argument for uh, what's his name. Um, sorry, this the robot um, that I, I, oh, I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say Alpha is, is something that has not aged. I like Alpha no. as a character. He was in this very little. Newer people <laughs> who are newer Power Rangers fans, Alpha Five is one of the things that has not aged well for a lot of people. Yeah, I, 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 which will be worse, Alpha Five or Alpha Six? Oh, still Alpha Six. Alpha Six is worse. <laughs> I, like that's I, why I was happy. That's the one of the few times I was happy to hear Alpha Five or a version of that voice again in its face after a season of Alpha Six. Honestly, when he yelled that out in this, even then I rolled my eyes. I was like, "Oh yeah, that was something he said." Oh yeah, Power Rangers. <laughs> Like to be fair though, he wasn't in this that much. Like he was yeah, in no. it, but <laughs> and, and most of the times when he was in it, he was being destroyed. He, he literally just reminded me of like yeah. the C three P, or he was being hacked by smarter people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, while they're at the bottom of the ocean, uh, Scorpina and Tommy they're having a thing. Uh, Tommy manages to uh, get. 
just manages to actually like pull a move on Scorpina and transport her away from his house. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, my parents are here. He's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> <what's your laughs> another, another tech thing I wouldn't have thought of. Actual use of the teleportation tech beyond just, oh, we need to get you to the fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's true, but uh, he he was just so startled that his first thought was like, "Oh no, my parents are around!" Like she's like, "What is this woman doing in my room?" All of a sudden, he's like, <laughs> he's just, it was just like afterwards he like told the team that, "Yeah, she just suddenly appeared in my room." I was like, yeah, what the hell? I don't know. I found that amusing. <laughs> yeah, so she destroys the communicator, and he morphs, and they get into a big old brouhaha as she summons. She fucking does ninja stuff and summons a dick load of putties. And here you know, is the usual the usual approach of both monsters and Power Rangers. Yeah, and here is uh, one one of my more major complaints with this series is this artwork is very hit or miss. I think it does. Yeah. Re- I think it does really well with the suits, the monsters, and like the Zords and backgrounds. But they don't mm-hmm. really do a whole lot. They don't like. Uh, they Hen- don't do action well. Yeah, yeah. Hendry doesn't do action or like faces well. Yeah, so so me on the art, I didn't like it at all at first, but then it grew on me, and I and I think that's because like what you just said, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I think yeah, like you said, for some sequences it works, some it doesn't. But I will say I like that it's kind of clean line, like a lot of these series usually are. But then it also gets kind of inky in some places, like it gets like smudgy kind of yeah, like, like the background. And I especially. dig that. I dig that. Like I think whatever kind of effect. It, whether it's him or the anchor or, or whomever in that collab, does he ink this or is there an anchor on these? Uh, there is no credited anchor that I saw on the credits page. Um, no, I don't see one either. So I, if it is him, yeah, I kind of I dig that about his yeah, art style. I think it's some combination of like him and Matt Herms on colors. Okay, yeah, whatever yeah. they're doing between the two of them. Yeah, I, 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 I do I do dig that, but yeah, it, it doesn't also help that if you know who the main artist is on the. The soon to come side series. Oh, uh, I know. Go Power Rangers. I know. Uh, some guy named Dan Mora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. This is, I think yeah. they, got, I think they some, got him off like Tumblr or something. Yeah. Some, I think he, what, what's uh, Claus? Is that what you guys keep telling me about? That's what he did or something? Yeah, I think Claus? it's pronounced Klaus. Klaus. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's German. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's Klaus. Is he a Nazi? <laughs> Oh god! You gotta do the Z, Z- Kyle when you fucking say it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh god! Klaus here to deliver all the toys to the good little boys and girls as a said like. Mm, go go Power Rangers! <laughs> no, yeah, just they, he's wonderful. They, they launched a side <laughs> series. They, they launched a prequel series to this called Go Go Power Rangers with Dan Mora on art, and like fuck, man. Yeah, I, I thought he was actually, I thought he drew some of the main series, so I was sadly disappointed when I picked these up, because I was confused by that. And then I think I, he does yeah. after Higgins leaves. He, oh, because, okay. Because after Higgins leaves, uh, Dan Parrott, the guy who writes the side series, took over as like the showrunner. Right. Oh. So I think they brought him over. Yeah. But yeah the like, only thing I'm, I saw in this is that he drew a side story, like one of those mini stories at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but so I'm I'm looking at like a three panel sequence in this, and it is confusing to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like Scorpina is like flying in from like from left of frame to to like a to Tommy's back. Then all of a sudden she is coming in from right of frame, slashing Tommy in the back, while moving away from him while she's moving toward him beforehand. And then she and then she is and then she has landed facing Tommy further away from him than yes. when she started. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the same sequence. I, I get where you're coming from on and that. It, yeah. it, and it gets even worse when they start dealing with, like, the size-changing stuff, or, yeah, like, uh, people versus zords, or giant zords versus giant people. It, it gets a, even more confusing. But also, uh, probably the worst one is, uh, I don't know if we were supposed to be able to tell all of the gold dollars apart when they start making clones of him, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, so uh, Jason and Kim get a call uh, from Zordon saying, hey, Jason, hey, fucking Tommy's in trouble. Let's go. As Tommy is continuing his as Tommy's continuing his struggle to survive, his very poorly choreographed struggle to survive. Yeah. As this is all actually part of Rita's plan, and Rita is, and like all the chaos energy that Tommy is generating from like fighting back and trying to fucking survive is feeding into the gem. Feeding into the crystal and making it more powerful, which is this very bizarre, like win-win situation that she that, that fucking Rita's put herself in, where if Tommy fights and lives, she wins. If Tommy loses and gets and Zorkabina gets a power mm-hmm. coin, she wins. Mm-hmm. It is wholly bizarre, and I really, really dig it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it, yeah, it really, it really builds, I mean, that aspect of the storyline with him uh, having all this inner conflict with himself and, uh, you know, not telling the team. I mean, we've seen things similar to that play out in other, you know. Yeah, like, like, like nothing this yeah, is doing yeah. is breaking new ground. It's just doing, no. it's just doing this kind of story very effective. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, which is, but I'm also glad they didn't have it be like the level of like, wimpy unsure of himself stuff that defines most of the first volume that most of that's over by the first volume even if there's still elements of it later on but it's not him being so wimpy and unsure of himself because i kind of love tommy too much for him to just be too whiny and too cowardly throughout the whole series i enjoyed i enjoyed like um what's the word i'm looking for here um i enjoyed vulnerable tommy no, I did like, too. I, I, but I get, I get where you're coming from. It's just I have kind of, for a while now, I've been sick of like the Tommy Oliver Jesus worship. Oh no, I am too. Like, and I mostly agree with Linkara's critique of the first two seasons of the, most of Mighty Morphin, which was it became the Tommy Oliver show starring other Power mm. Rangers. Yeah, but and so and so just having and so just seeing Tommy immediately after probably one of the most traumatic things he had to go through in in his entire life being unsure and vulnerable that worked really well for like making him a sympathetic character and then seeing him overcome that in a fairly natural way, which then leads into the, the soon to be most traumatic thing he's ever experienced in his life at that point. Mm-hmm. That I think that all worked really well for like a really great character arc for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I am one of the people that like he was my favorite character. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Yes. As Scorpina begins to get the upper hand in the fight, uh, using the putties for putty, which is a very odd thing. Like she just fucking grabs a putty and just hawks it at him as it begins just kind of melting over him. Which I get why they couldn't do it in the show. But I like it. And kind of wish they did it more in the show. And she's about to win, but then, hey, it's fucking Jason and Kim here to save the day. And oh, look, Zach's here too. That just kind of shows up. Yeah. Yeah. As Scorpina manages to vamoose out into the woods, as Tommy 
fucking head full of steam and fucking full of, full of piss and vinegar, runs off after her. Losing her and finally actually seeming to seeming to almost let Rita win as she just is like finally getting to him for realsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they Tommy eventually gets back. Um, Zach is very Zach is very suspicious of yeah, the Zach, entire Zach situation. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Yeah, which I I like. I I I like yeah. I I like I like Zach being like a second in command who's like, hey, this shit's weird. Well, yeah, obviously something's going on with this dude. I mean, he's not acting normal. Like, yeah, and, so like, I, yeah, and like, I'm like Jason has to be like team leader. I need to like put on the front. I need like I can't be second guessing my entire team. So I let Zach do that. But again, at this point, you're kind of like, why is this guy the only guy being suspicious of him? But then when you get to the issue where they show the flashback and his involvement with Rita and everything, then you're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, you get a little bit of context to it. But at first, I was like, what the hell? I was like, (laughs) it's just just like it seemed like an odd pacing of the storyline at that point in time but then it, it, it but like yeah anyways yeah so, I, i've said it before so they survived the fight um jason is like hey man it's all cool but uh looks like rita has started getting to tommy as tommy just brushes him off get back to the command center as fucking shit starts getting tense mm-hmm. as we find out that the reason that the zord the dragon zord stopped responding is that it just stopped listening because uh, because there is an emotional connection, you know, it's some vague spiritualism that is kind of always present in Power Rangers. Even in like the hardcore sci-fi storylines, it's still just kind of a very there's still like that undercurrent of of like oh yeah the fucking grid that connects us all this this energy force that is in that is surrounding us all. As Tommy passes the fuck out as we move on to the next issue. This is, and this is kind of where things we, we are getting closer to things actually happening. It was me, Tommy. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> yeah, start out introduce start out with Goldar in the dark dimension, just kinda of hanging out, being a prisoner. Really weird dream sequence with Tommy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> she rips off her his mother's mask. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. It was me all along. (laughs) I love you. I was like, what? Yeah, Yeah, but it it makes sense for the version of Rita that they're going with, and she's like trying to play more of a. She's trying like with. She's actually trying to be a witch. Yeah, she's trying. She's trying to be a witch, and also like working more of a. Working more of a like evil maternal figure for anybody she's trying to like seduce over to the Green Ranger side. Also, question, guys, and <laughs> I don't know if this is over the line to ask this, but are her breastplates extremely pointy in this comic, or were they, they like this in the oh, show? Oh, that's always like that. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, this no, is if you ever, if, like, you don't draw as attention much as much attention to it in like the stock footage where Rita was the main was the main villain, but particularly in later seasons of Power Rangers where they had like had to keep her around but like yeah have an actual american actress in the suit 
it was very, very apparent. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it stood out in this art. I was like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that they finally stopped forcing uh, Trini to turn into a man. Yeah, because yeah, so that's that's a fun thing, Nico. Um, what? Yeah. So, so the Zhu, so the Zhu Ranger team, they only had one woman on the team. Oh. So whenever yeah, the Yellow so, Ranger was a dude, so technically, whenever Trini morphed and she, they switched, to she turned into a guy. She became a yeah. <laughs> Why? Because on the American side, they wanted to have you know team three girls, two like two girls, three right. guys, like like a more like like a more kind of like broad, more like broad appeal, kind of like you know fucking Burger yeah. King Kids Club style thing. But they, but the footage they were getting was of four guys and a girl. So they're just like, eh, fuck it, right? Different ethnicity, like yeah, no, I get it. They were trying to do something somewhat at that time, even though they did make the Black Ranger the Black Ranger and the uh, yeah, that that feels thing. like an honest oversight. Yeah, it just seemed like a weird choice at the time, like looking back yeah. on it. And, yeah. and, and, then once they, and then once they actually switched out those rangers, I feel like it was a more intentional choice where they made the new yellow ranger black and the new black ranger Asian. And there was an, yeah, and that happens in the, in this in these stories. They they, they show that alternate, uh, which we'll get to again. But like the, the guy's like a pink ranger, and he's like, oh man, pink ranger!" Like in the first team oh, that they talk he's about, not, ref- he's not, not the alternate. To that. He's referring yeah. to. Actual series where right. they switched yeah, in, out yeah, in, three in, rangers yeah, in, in like season two, I think, or something. When season Jason, two. yeah, when Jason, Zach, and Trini had to leave uh, oh, okay. for reasons, they replaced them with Rocky, um, Aisha, and and uh, Adam. Okay. Aisha was black, and she became the Yellow Ranger. Adam is Asian, and he became the Black Ranger. Right. And oddly yeah. enough, from that fucking new team, Adam's the one who Adam's the one who survived the longest. In terms, in terms, like you know, longevity and recognition as a as a real mm. ranger. Well, it didn't help that in a really weird way at the end of season three, they switched out one black actress playing the Yellow Ranger for another black actress playing. Yeah, the Yellow that was ranger. also weird. Like they went they went back in time to like the old west, and then the Yellow Ranger oh. decided to stay there, and her ancestor came to the present. Yeah, that is fucking weird. <laughs> that sounds odd. But anyway. So yeah, Tommy wakes up. Uh, they decide to run some tests on him as as Rita has as Rita continues her plan and begins forging a new fake dragon dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we get a bit more uh, character bit from uh, Trini here, just kind of what kind of what her plans to what her plans are after being a ranger. You're essentially following following in her dad's footsteps and trying to become a doctor. Which yeah, totally. That yes, I that that is that is a good idea. Uh, I kind of feel bad talking about the future of Trini. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Thuy Trang, the actress who played Trini, she passed away not long after she oh. left the show. I didn't know that. Okay, well, that's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was, must have been really young. Yeah, she was. I think it was like a yeah. car accident. Oh shit! Yeah, it was. It was fucking trash, and it fucking sucked. And it's it's a bittersweet thing seeing Trini, seeing seeing Trini uh, like again. Right. But yeah. So as she is taking readings and stuff, uh, the Dragon Zord fucking attacks the command center. Or as uh, as as Trini and. Tommy uh, morph 
he can't get into the Zord. Something's blocking him from getting inside of it as Trini calls up the Sabretooth Zord. And Tommy tries calling it over. We use the Dragon Dagger. Um, and it goes to eat him. As it turns out, it was all hallucination because Tommy is fucking crazy. <laughs> as that's happening, the rest of the team is at diner. One of apparently two eating locations within the city of Angel Grove. Yeah, we don't see the juice, juice bar. bar much. So I guess. Yeah, well, we we only see it. Yeah, we only saw it like first issue as like a backdrop for this Balkan skull thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as uh, yeah, as the team that is left is well, as as Zach, Billy, Zach, Jason, and Kim kind of begin discussing Tommy. And like what the deal is with him and like what what's supposed to happen. And Zach is bringing up some very salient points, which we'll get into later. Meanwhile, Billy's just fucking working on fixing the fixing the communicator as he fix and he finishes it. They get a call back and we learn that Tommy's weird. And apparently you can also scan morphing grid energy. We're using a, like using a fucking CT scanner. As the way that Rita, as the way that Tommy is connected to the uh, grid is different, it's been off. It's been kind of like fucking with him and causing these hallucinations. As he then tells the group that he's been having hallucinations, mm-hmm. and the group is all understandably shook. Yeah, although I was a little upset that. In a moment of vulnerability, Zach immediately took this excuse to yell, Traitor! <laughs> a little bit. It's like, that was uh, a bit harsh. <laughs> and also, I'm not sure. Uh, so there's a panel where uh, like, there's a panel where, uh, where like, like Tommy's interrupted by someone saying very quietly, why didn't you say something? And it cuts to the end, like it jumps to the next panel. And I think it's meant to be Kimberly who said that, but there's no real clear indication other than she's a bit slumped forward. Yeah, I thought so too, but it's hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah, like it could have easily been Jason who said that. Yeah. Who, again, uh, Jason, after this first arc, realized, oh crap, I've kind of handled this bad. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the team is all just kind of farting on him, seeing what's happening. Um, uh, Jason makes the makes executive decision to not have Tommy go out into the field anymore as Scorpina has taken over the Dragon Zord and is about to now fuck up an elderly couple who are on their honeymoon with a a real fucking intimidating final frame. Yeah. It's fucking Jaws-like. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just this like giant silhouette this real like scrappy, this real like jagged giant silhouette of the dragon zord beneath a cruise ship, just his glowing red eyes. <laughs> Actually, reminded me of the new Godzilla movie, um, like King of the Monsters, where where like they, like everyone's in like the underwater uh, facility as Godzilla's just slowly swing towards them, pulsing with light, just kind of legitimately terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Scorpina is in the Dragon Zord using the fake Dragon Dagger to fuel up the Chaos Energy Crystal, uh, the team goes out to go fucking wreck house as she is beginning to fucking destroy San Francisco. Uh, Tommy is obviously told to stay home. 
and I forgot that the fucking uh, I forgot that the fucking Billy Zord had a boat mode. I don't remember if that ever came up, but I guess it kind of makes sense given the design. Yeah. Yeah, so as as the dragon zord is being pulled back into the water, um, Finster sends down a bunch of fucking shark shark people to deal with the rest of the zords. As the rest of the team starts kind of getting worked, uh, as Tommy's watching all of this, Rita is back back in his head, shitting on him again. As he then realizes, oh wait, I can get over my I can get over my mental illness by just ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Quick question. How do you guys like these sequences when they're, you know, they're combining into the Megazord? When they do that whole, like, where they show all their symbols and the things that the Mega, like, the different Zords that they have. Like, it's kind of trying to do that. I think it's trying to have that effect of, like, the actual moment when the music starts up and they all kind of come together. And they they try to illustrate those scenes kind of in a way that it's like that. But do you guys dig how they do that in this or no? It's probably it's the okay. best. It's probably the best way they could have done it. Yeah, like for me, like and a couple of times when they actually did come together like that, like the music was going in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so for me, it was effective somewhat. But yeah, you're just, you catch- just absolutely just going. Like I just don't know how else you would capture something like that. So I think for I think that he tried the best that he could. Right? Yeah, 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 and probably did the best version of it that he could because right. How do you really, it's like, it's trying to translate, like trying to translate, um, like recycled footage for the purposes of eating up time in an episode. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to show that in a, it's kind of hard to show that in a comic book where you don't really have time limit. We don't really have like time requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's, I, I wasn't bothered by it. I just didn't know if you guys were maybe. But I didn't mm. care. I was distracted by other things while this was happening. Yep. So Tommy, after forcing Rita out of his head by just going fuck off, bitch, uh, he decides to head out into the field um, in direct defiance of his of his team leader's orders, as Zordon points out. Uh, Tommy teleports in, plays the dragon dagger, and immediately falls to his fucking death. Just don't worry, guys. I got this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> saved by Kim, but don't. And yeah, saved by Kim and and everyone else is fucking flailing, trying to deal with the shark monsters. But don't worry. But don't worry, Jason. Tommy has a plan. A plan that I'm surprised worked. Because yeah, it wasn't really much of a plan. It was just kind of. And I know what the problem is. I guess I'll just address it. How? I know. Address it. Yeah. <laughs> By essentially flinging himself through the eye of the dragon sword, which yeah, is apparently so weak that it can't be... into the dragon sword. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently the fucking, like, the, the glass or whatever the fuck material is surrounding the eye of the dragon sword is so weak that a man can punch it and break through it easily. And Power Rangers... <laughs> They fight things that are as strong as them all the time. I know, I know. It, it's I, that's my only justification to my head. <laughs> like when Tommy kicked uh, Batman through a car. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But anyway, with Tommy now in the Dragon Zord and it effectively neutralized for the time being, the other's Megazord up, kill the sharks. Tommy destroys the fake dagger. And they manage to actually capture Scorpina for realsies. Heading back to the command center, though. Everything that had been kind of boiling up for last issue now fucking comes to a head as everyone starts freaking the fuck out. Uh, Jason is... Jason is like, yo, you you fucking, you weren't supposed to come out there. You've endangered us all. And Zach's like, yeah. And Tommy's like, fuck all of you. I did. I'm like, fuck all of you. I'm awesome. All of it fueling the crystal as Zordon is like, for the love of God, stop doing that. You're fueling the crystal. As it explodes, Rangers barely manage to get their helmets on in time as a new giant fucking monster shows up. But it begins to shrink down and introduce itself. As we meet for the first time, the Black Dragon. <clears throat> was he on the show? He is not. No. Okay. He is a he is a comic original character. Okay. And with that little cliffhanger then, we move on to issue five, which is a flashback issue. Yeah. Yeah. Still Kyle Higgins draw still Kyle Higgins writing it, but this time it is uh, illustrated by I'm not sure how to pronounce this, if it's Tony or Thony. Oh, gonna, Silas or whatever his name. Yeah, I'm going to err on the side of caution and say Tony Silas with colors by Brian Valenza. Mm-hmm. And this kind of explains, it, it delves a bit into Zack as a character and also explains why Zack was so distrusting. Yeah. So in Italy, as the Prime Minister of Italy is like, yo, fuck you, Rita. Come get these fucking hands, bitch. Uh, she summons a giant fucking statue of, I'm assuming some kind of, I'm the assu- Vitruvian man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Some Vitruvian yeah, man actually, thing that only speaks in that only speaks in quotes. Which they they make that joke themselves when they say we knew we shouldn't have looked up what it said off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Although the guy's able to hold two scimitars and a crossbow at the same time, which is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I must say. I don't know how accurate it all is, but I was just like, nothing what makes sense with the monsters that Finster <laughs> and Rita make. Yeah, they said they essentially just like, hey, what's the, what's a pop culture icon that we can fucking do, or a local animal? Hey, let's give it fucking horrid teeth. Let's go. Towards the tail end of this conversation, I'm going to tell you guys my favorite monster creation. In all of these first 24 se- issues, it's so great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy Man's fucking shit up. Big Zord shows up. Woo, let's go. Uh, Jason actually teleports out of the Zord uh, as to like to like try to save the Italian Prime Minister directly as Zack is left in charge and actually manages to defeat the monster. But then as they're out there, the entirety of Italy is going, yeah, Red Ranger, woo, yeah. Who are you other four people? Go, Red Ranger, woo. <laughs> and Rita has a plan. Some amount of time later, Zack gets fucking jumped by Putties and Goldar in the first time i think i've seen goldar do something to do something you know right uh they uh zach wakes up in the dark dimension as rita looking very intimidating and large begins offering him a deal specifically hey you want to be the green ranger and this is not a thing that was done in like the original series no, this, this is a comic thing specifically to give Zach some to, to give Zach a justifiable reason to be as 
hard on Tommy, as hard on Tommy as he is. And also to, again, add pathos to characters. And to kind of set up what we see in the Black Dragon's world. Yeah. Yeah, and so Rita is just like, hey, be my ranger. You'll you'll be able to save people. You'll be able to fucking do all this awesome stuff. Join my side. Just turn on the rangers and Zordon. And trying to, like, throw some doubt into whether or not Zordon is good and she is evil. Which is... I mean, it's a bold plan. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like when uh, Jigsaw says, I'm not evil, I just make people kill each other. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Rita Repulsa. Why would you assume I'm evil? Why are you running? (laughs) Stop running. Stop it. Stop screaming. It's annoying. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Zach seems to think about it for a minute. Uh, And before doing the thing we all know he would do, uh, punch the fuck out of Goldar and grab the dragon coin trying to escape. Unfortunately, he loses it in a struggle, but manages to teleport away uh, before before confiding in Zordon about everything that just happened to him. With Zordon telling him, hey, let's keep this on the DL for now. Zordon being, I guess, characteristically shady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... He- Proven time and time and again throughout this 24 issues, actually. Yeah, yeah these, like these two, 24 issues as well as kind of yeah. the series were just like, hey, I haven't told you guys something. It turns out it was important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like, he, that's, he, he kind of, that was his main purpose, it seemed like, throughout this. It was just like, well, oh, yeah, it, by the way. <laughs> well, that's probably why they uh, get rid of him for so much of this stretch of the series, because they, like... Right. That's either going to be him saying, Rangers, I'm sorry I didn't tell you this. It's probably important that I told you this. Or, Rangers, you do need to know this. However, probably not all of it. It might not matter yet. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird. Even with all that, he still is, like, trying to actually be a mentor. Yeah. Like, like talking to Zach and talking about, like, like Zach having his, uh, his doubts about, like, whether or not he's still fit to be a Ranger, given that he was tempted by this. And Zordon's just like, yo, dude, he, it's cool. You, yeah. You are human. Zach. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To you're be, human. You want what's best for the world, and she was giving you, and she was offering you what you thought was, what you thought would, what you thought would have might have been best. Yeah. To be fair, despite the, the couple of times that they, they, he, you know, he came off a little shady, and there seemed to be some deception going on. He always had very good reasoning as to why he was trying to protect them and not tell them these things you know what i mean like yeah. i understood i understood like i i was never like oh, you know what the hell right but yeah I just, yeah, there, yeah there was I never was, like malice behind it it was always with the best of intentions it's just he's kind of bad at looking at consequences yeah yeah absolutely it comes from being <laughs> that disconnected from the physical world for that many millennia yeah so anyway zach meets up with the rest of the rangers as jason is just or jason and is just kind of like hey you saved my ass dude Kind of just get rid, getting rid of all doubts Zach might have had. As then Rita goes, "Hey, we need to, we need a fucking blank slate." Hey, look at this boy doing fucking kung fu on a beach. As then the voice of the Black Dragon comes in, saying, "Hey, he's gonna fuck you over. Don't worry about it, bruh. I got you." 
as we then move into as they move back into regularly scheduled Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, where this is the the next couple of issues are what I would call probably the low point, not like in terms of quality, but like yeah. the Rangers are at their lowest point in this volume. <laughs> yeah. The command center is fucked, Alpha's dead, uh, Zordon is gone, uh and Billy black- can't Billy loses his morpher and the rest of the Rangers can't morph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so as they get into so as they're about to get into a big old fucking bruja with the black with the black dragon who introduces himself finally as the black dragon. Uh he begins screaming at him, which seems to disrupt their morphers. Yeah. They they hear like nickel nickelback and the morphing grid can't sustain it. Yeah, it just starts playing animal or something. And it's like, "Oh god, it's so bad." Why would a rockstar go to a Taco Bell? Jesus. <laughs> Luckily, Kim fucking green arrows them in the face, mm-hmm. and they start fight and they start getting to fight for realsies. But it don't mean much it's because curb, you still- it's a curb stomping. <laughs> yep, he's just fucking blasting them all back. He he almost kills he almost kills Tommy with Jason. Yep. Like the Rangers get some licks in, but these guys, but fucking the Black Dragon is the Black Dragon's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, particularly once you learn what the black dragon technically is. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's where I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they but, like basically we, if we if we as Power Rangers fans were in the series and knew that we'd be like, that's cheating, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they all decide to retreat as Jason works the uh, teleportation controls. But unfortunately, right before the teleportation happens, the dragon grabs Billy, knocks him out, and calls for Rita. Uh, as the rest of the Rangers uh, end up in the pocket dimension, a safe little space for them to, you know, not get killed. Briefly, yeah, briefly. Uh, Zach is still really harping on Tommy. Which I can't blame him under the under the yeah under the circumstances, circumstances. is understandable. With Kim uh, eventually kind of calming them down by just pointing out the fact that everything's on fire. Yeah, this is the part of the character development where Tommy's figured out his own internal problems, but now he has to convince the rest of his hopefully friends that he's gotten over his problems and can work with them, but that's has to be worked out over time. Yeah. Yes. Time that they don't time that they unfortunately do not have as the black dragon grabs Billy's power coin, as well as the, uh, as well as the green energy crystal fires his fucking laser through it. As the rest of the Rangers lose their fucking powers. Everyone except for Tommy, which again, they established this, just previously, yeah. he, he connects to the morphing grid differently. Yeah, the green the green ranger coin yeah. is weird. So much. No, no, I'm not going into it. It's, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of writing made to justify the green ranger's better than everyone, guys. Trust us. <laughs> yeah, that well that's kind of always the thing with like the sixth ranger. Where they introduce him, the sixth ranger is then in is in like immensely more powerful than the entire rest of the team. But then as soon as he joins the team, he's way less powerful. Yeah, which I don't think that's a that's not necessarily a Sentai thing. That's more just a that's powering a, that's a power writing thing. thing. 
Uh, yeah, so with issue seven, Billy's in the Dark Dimension with Goldar. Yeah, not so much in this issue, but this starts off um, the scenes I mentioned earlier, really enjoying. I liked the the scenes that these two exchanged, Billy and Goldar, when yeah. we're, uh, we're here. Yeah. Uh, the Black Dragon has started taking over the Zords, as, and then Squat and Babu are uh, blowtorching putties in order to turn the Command Center ruins into a new throne room for Rita. She begins fucking monologuing to Alpha's head, which may or may not still be awake. Ooh. As Trini is in the pocket dimension, examining the morphers, trying to figure out what is actually going wrong and what is happening. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy is watching the video over and over again because, you know, they fucking... The strong men on this team need to fucking constantly remind themselves of their failures because that's a trope. The t- uh, Kim and Tommy have another moment in the pocket dimension as is re- interrupted by Rita who broadcasts out to the world. What's up? Fuck the Power Rangers. World's mine now. Check this shit out. Then summons the Zords to attack major cities throughout the world. So Jason and Tommy come up with a brilliant plan of going to the moon. Because, you know, if you have a giant fucking robot dinosaur, you have a fucking giant robot dragon, why not go to the moon? Especially when the evil is there. Yeah, I mean, they even reference it later. They're like, oh, I'm surprised I never thought about doing this before. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like floating through space. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Just why did we never do this before? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, yeah, so they head up uh, to the to the uh, to Rita's Moon Palace in order to try to f- get the coin back and we'll get the coin back, get Billy back, and get their powers back. Yep, threefold plan. Meanwhile, back at the pocket dimension, uh, Trini has no idea what the fuck she's doing. It's like we need Billy here and Zach's just hey. You're fine. Let's do this. As they get a call from what they believe is Alpha. Back in the moon, the black dragon fucking grows massive and gets into a fist fight with the dragon zord. Yep. A fist fight that does not go well for the dragon zord. Nope. As he then captures Tommy and we move on to the next issue. Yeah, that grasp he has on them at the end of that issue does not look good. It does not. <laughs> it's it's essentially it's essentially like I think what they were going for was like his like t- was like was like his pincers were like grabbing Tommy by the arm, but, but it looks like he, but it looks like he was essentially like holding up yeah his hand like, semi closed as Tommy was just standing in it. Uh, and that's what I mean. It doesn't even look like he has him in his grasp. He's just like it's like he's standing on top of his hand almost the way he drew it. I was like, that's weird looking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's like you said, one of the scenes that did not work for me in the art. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next issue as we get more info from Bulk and Skull as they're continuing their Ranger Station updates. And actually being a very reasonable source of information in these trying times. The military is doing everything they can to try to destroy the Zords, but the Zords, they too strong. Uh, with, with Bulk with Bulk essentially, with Bulk calling out for, hey, where's the Green Ranger? 
as you cut back to the moon, as it turns out that the, the, the black dragon is holding on to the shield that Tommy wears, little shoulder pad thing. Apparently. Apparently he can just take that on and off whenever he wants. Which that's, that feels like cheating. But yeah, so they, Tommy continues trying stuff and the black dragon continues to fucking stomp him at literally every turn, even to, even switch, even shrinking down to like person size. Uh, it is still beating the, the dragon is still beating the piss out of Tommy. But it was all part of the plan as the dragon sword flies back in and rips off his fucking arm. Managing to scoop up Tommy as they fly back to earth. The black dragon's like, blargle, blargle. Get back here with my fucking hand. Meanwhile in, the pocket, meanwhile, in the pocket dimension, they have managed to get a hold of Alpha, who is apparently still alive in his disembodied head. Uh, they begin they begin constructing a plan as Jason and Tommy teleport back in. Uh, Jason hands over the arm to Trini. As they, as they now have a countdown clock, as Rita is... Working towards something big. Black Dragon reattaches his arm. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking get this stuff. But don't fucking tell me what to do, Rita. Kind of showing that kind of showing that the, the Black Dragon is... Up until this point, he has been, like, relatively subservient. Like, calling her, like, referring to her as Empress and everything. But this is kind of the first bit where we see that he is... He doesn't give a fuck about Rita. Rita's just a means to an end. You guys still there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This didn't have much to say about this part. Yeah, no, me neither. That's, yeah, yeah, no, I'm listening. I think you're doing a good job recapping it. It's just, uh, yeah, don't got much to add there. Yep. I mean, well, single page of Billy and Goldar. As Goldar's like, I'm fucking awesome. I'm a honor guard of the fucking emperor. She's gonna, she's gonna come back here and give me whatever she needs it. And Billy's like, but if, she, if you needed you, why wouldn't you be there anyway? Sure, that's all it took for all. That's all it took to break Goldar. <laughs> As he's immediately like, shut up. My space mom loves me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so we're both just not going to talk to each other? <laughs> like, yeah. Billy's just kind no. of like, have, have a conversation with him. He's just not having it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so back at the pocket dimension, as Tommy's watching the countdown clock, Zach apologizes. Kind of explains his reasoning for everything and how there's no excuse, whatever. And then Tommy, in a moment of what I'm, a, what I, in a, what I'm supposed to believe is a like kind of revelatory moment, but looks like he had a fucking stroke. Oh yeah, I remember this panel. It's like I like the the writing of it, but it's like <laughs> yeah, he just all of a sudden his eyes like kind of go like slightly anti cross, and his mouth just hangs open. Just uh. as he comes up with the plan, with the plan being to basically fucking use the use the green power coin to 
phase blast it. Use the fucking like use the uh, Black Dragon's phase blaster to transfer the green yeah. dra- transfer the green yeah. ranger powers over to the rest of the rangers so that they can all have their powers back. And, and to do what every apparent Power Rangers fan back in '93 <laughs> wanted, make everybody the Green Ranger. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, yes. I just, I just thought it was kind of. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> all these other pussy colors, nothing but green. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So they, they, they hook up the morpher to. Uh, they hook up the green morpher to the hand as he blasts a laser through it. Everyone else morphs, and then we have a green. We have green pterodactyl ranger, green saber tooth, a green Tyrannosaurus ranger with the with the shield plate, and then a black mastodon ranger with green highlights. Just I don't know if like the coloring on the, the coloring on the black ranger when he actually changed the green black ranger, he just looks black with a green light shone on him. <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Anyway, uh... Yeah. So, Reed's countdown timer is getting nearer and nearer to zero as the world is all... as the world is now all being fucking just held hostage beneath the mighty gaze of the dino, of the fucking Zords. In France, the, the, the T-Rex Zord is about to fucking go ham as then a flash of green light shows up and, oh my god, it's the Green Ranger! Hey, man, what are you doing here? I want the red one. Why dragon swords with the black dragons there to try to fucking wreck house. But luckily, even though they're still green, they their keys still work, so they hop back into their fucking robots. <laughs> but the black dragon still has still has billies. But it's okay, the dragon sword's there. And it's on and it's on fucking remote control mode as Tommy's standing on a fucking gargoyle, because of course he is. Because he's Batman, or I like it. Yep. You know how Batman loved the flute? <laughs> I mean, well, of course he loves the flute. There's no rock and roll with the flute. <laughs> That's what y'all think. How about once, jazz flute? <laughs> yeah, once, once I get my fucking flautist-centric rock band off the ground, y'all are fucked. Yeah, you, you forget about jazz flutes, buddy. Come on now. <laughs> jazz is tasteful. Rock is evil in the, in the scourge of the screech of cries of the beast. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's keep moving. Yep. So, as the rangers all gather together with their Zors ready to fucking take on the Black Dragon, uh, Billy and Goldar are watching on as as, Billy's, as Billy just starts talking shit to Goldar, like, yo, fuck the Black Dragon, right? He's a piece of trash. <laughs> He's like, yes, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, like, here's the thing. Yeah. What if you let me out? I go fuck this dude up. Then you can then you can fucking come back and you'll be fucking awesome. And Goldar's like, like, hey, what, let me out. I'll embarrass the guy who's got you stuck here. Then Rita will want you back. Yeah. Mm. Enemy of our enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's enough as Goldar lets Billy out. What was even funnier was the fact that he actually was almost... He was punishing himself while he could have got out of there the whole fucking time. Yeah. Like, that that's what was interesting to me. Well, I was like, wow. I'm like, he could have just well, left that, this that's whole That's why time. Dead Man said Samurai. Because he's yeah. like, no, I serve my Empress. Anything else would be shit. 
Yeah. yeah, you know what, and 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 I and I got what you meant earlier, but speaking about the actual scene right now, um, yeah, I guess that's why I kind of really dug it because I do like that kind of stuff. So like, I, I like samurai type stuff, and yeah, that makes sense actually. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. So as so thing I missed as the, as uh, Billy and Goldar were watching the footage, uh, Billy notices an access hatch on the black on the black dragon. Right. <laughs> he gets they they get out as as Billy teleports next to Tommy. Uh and they and he's like, "Hey, that thing's a fucking robot." Get me in there, dude. As the two of them manage to actually get inside the fucking uh black dragon as the two of them just start destroying things. Because hey, it's just basically a zord. Uh, it begins shrinking though as they've destroyed as they destroyed this fucking massive light tube inside of it. Uh and they try to teleport out of it, but something's blocking them as it shrinks more and more and more. Turns into a giant ball of green lightning and kind of explodes. Leaving no trace of Yeah, le- leaving leaving behind only the wreckage of the black dragon with no trace of Billy or Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trini immediately p- picks up, like, hey, this record, this looks like the Dragon Sword. Uh, Rita is talking to the Black Dragon over Crystal Ball as he is now a weird amorphous blob. Before the next page reveals that he is a combination of the White and Green Rangers. Which is the most badass design. The, the, the first time I saw this, I cheered. I yeah, like, it looks fucking shit, incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I I was gonna say uh, the artist knocked this scene out of the park. Absolutely, he shows, like there's he a reason shows that him on the throne. This I full was like, spread. That's awesome. Yeah, there's and a reason the last that page. even yeah, there's a reason that even before Shattered Grid happened, they easily got Jason David Frank to cosplay as this version of the character. Oh, so did he? quick! Oh, yeah, yeah, like they, they yeah. advertised Shattered yeah. Grid with him in this outfit. <laughs> Yeah, I squealed with glee when I saw this. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that, 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 it looks incredible. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. And I was like, wait a minute, this is our idea. And then and then on the last page, you get like a fucking like Planet of the Apes-esque like Yeah, we, <laughs> like we, get, we, get, another full page, we get another full page spread as uh, Billy and Tommy uh, wake up and realize they are in another world, a world where Rita yeah. has won because they are standing in front of a giant statue of Rita and the Green Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, or more yeah. specifically, Dracon has won because right. uh, I don't. Well, the, I, I don't remember if the original series um, tells us this, but at some point uh, in, in one of the annuals, they just show that uh, Dracon stabbed her. Yeah, but at this point, like at, at this at this point in the story, we don't know what a Dracon is. We don't know like who that is. We, we just we just know that. Given okay. we we just yeah, know that given what enough. we see, hey, the black dragon is a combo yeah. white and red, white and green, white and green ranger, and then, hey, a statue of Frida and a statue of the Green Ranger. Mm. So, so this is what I was referring to earlier before we started the the show. Though uh, this is an alternate timeline now, is it not? Like a, yes. an alternate yes. future. This, this is alternate. Yeah. This is alternate universe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 all I was. That's all I meant. Was yeah. Like, Power Rangers has a bunch of different alternate timelines and alternate universes. Right, like the one, like the one with the mat, like the one with the uh, Mad Max Terminator future. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The one that is only accessible via a magic subway train. What? <laughs> yeah, that's... that's... They, they, they had to work real hard to justify the crossover that season, Nico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Power Rangers wow. RPM was set in an alternate universe, but which was the post-apocalypse. That sounds actually kind of cool. It is Although, one of the best seasons. It is a good Rangers. season. It's just got... What? I was just about to say, Deadman, does RPM, are their suits a little too silly for the tone of the story they're going with? I don't think so. They are ridiculous, but I feel like they, I feel like they are self-aware enough of the fact that they are ridiculous that it kind of rides. Fair enough. I was going to say, although, like, the thing that you guys are referring to of a some sort of a Mad Max Terminator future, I, I must say, was done in Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> All right. Dragon Ball's a thing. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, moving on to issue 10, the second of the flashback issues. Yeah, which was the one that, again, they talked about billy's insecurities in the show but this does it a little bit more effectively yeah um yes yeah, so the rangers are fighting something uh near the in washington dc um and it has a running monologue just kind of just kind of like talking about what it, what it means to be a hero which also while while you're here i just thought about that's another thing i like about this that they have the rangers go all over to fight these monsters, not just this one town in downtown California, which seems to have mm-hmm. the worst plague of creatures in existence. Yeah, like in like in the show, they only ever attack Angel Grove in, in the abandoned warehouse district. Yeah, but with this, they are fucking globe trotting. Yeah, I mean, they even they're they're in Canada a whole bunch in the second. Oh yeah, uh, arc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, Appa- apparently Quebec sucks. Shocking. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on this one. Uh, different artists on this issue, too, actually. Uh, yes, uh, different artists yeah. and different colorists, uh, with Jonathan Lamb taking over on art duty, with Joanna LaFuente taking over on colors. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. Oddly enough, they kept the same letterist the entire time, which th- that's the weird thing. Like, Kyle Higgins and Ed Dukeshire are the only two consistent over these first, over like this first bit of the story. Hmm. Which I don't know. That's that's this weird to me. Anyway, so yeah, as this whole monologue thing is happening, they're fighting this weird fucking this weird fucking like tentacle man with nine testicles. <laughs> uh, as they're kind of getting worked, uh, Jason and Zach get thrown to the reflecting pool. Uh, Trini manages to cut off one of its arms before getting her ass knocked back to the reflecting pool herself. Uh, Billy notices something that he thinks he thinks is a power source inside the thing. Uh, Trini and Jason begin distracting it as Billy goes to take the shot, but locks up in fear as this giant fucking maw screams at him. Luckily, Kimberly, the one with the bow, is the sharpshooter and takes the shot as Billy continues his. As Billy continues to just feel worse and worse about himself because he doesn't really fit in with them. As we then flash forward to. Sometime later, as Billy is reading the hero's quest, now with bigger quests. Just trying to logic and science his way into being a hero. It's like, what is this heroicism? 
yeah, just just trying just trying to map out his own like J- Joseph Campbell plot, just trying to figure out okay, what what part of the plot, what part of the twelve step program am I in? Yeah, or which I'm, if they'd actually, I would have loved if they'd made the joke like, huh, this seems oddly linear. I feel like I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Billy uh, morphs, but then but then essentially derezzes his gloves and helmet, and then puts his clothes on overneath his like over top of his ranger gear. Which is neat. I I really like this. Yeah, entire- and it never occurred to me that that was something that could technically happen. Yeah, but I I never I I never really I never really thought like why it couldn't happen. And yeah, this entire thing is just like Billy's insecurities about everything, and it all really works. Yeah. Again, I I wasn't. A hundred percent on board with even with this issue, but then I was like, okay, like that added something. I just didn't like the interruptions throughout the story. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean that's it's, that's kind of the problem with it pacing wise is that Kyle Higgins wants to you to focus on these character traits mm. for his main story, but for non fans and even for fans in some cases, he can't. You won't. He can't assume you will automatically get what he's right. going for. But but I so we but had to I, put this somewhere, right? But I like I said, I ended up digging it because I didn't expect something like that from a Power Rangers comic series. Yeah, like that's what right. I actually yeah. I ended up appreciating in the long run because I was like, okay, that actually added layers to this now, like which I didn't yeah. see coming. Right? Death I just, in Power yeah. Rangers. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, well done. So. I mean, at least Mighty Morphin. Uh, subsequent actual seasons of the show learned how to do depth. It's just yeah, they, Mighty Morphin did not. Yeah, this is this is essentially ta- this is essentially taking the lessons they've learned from thirty years of Power Rangers and making Mighty Morphin like a modern Power Rangers. <laughs> well, d- didn't they just essentially keep using like the same stock footage for like majority of the show? Like, isn't that like a thing for that? Well, series, I mean, or? stock footage. They use stock footage <laughs> from different seasons from different series of of Sentai for right. different seasons of Power Rangers. And okay. there are certain stock footage that they use over and over again. Like they use usually just one morphing sequence that they find or one uh, Zord sequence that they find in particular in Mighty Morphin, they cut as much of the non Megazord Zord stuff as they could. Yeah. Cause they're like, Hey, we don't have to use this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But then with other seasons like Lightspeed Rescue, they, develop an entire ranger that is unique to power rangers mm-hmm. yeah in, yeah, in light speed rescue uh like they still use stock footage but then they also built an entire character and an entire ranger that was wholly unique to power rangers yeah who i well, that's, was probably cool. my favorite part of that show actually yeah like i didn't i was not that big on, on light speed rescue but i liked ryan I mean, I like Carter Grayson just because he's insane. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> totally fucking off his ass. Just, okay, our zords are gone. We don't, barely have any of our powers. This thing's giant. I have a pistol. Let's go. Or just, hey, a demon. Let's try to run it over with my car. <laughs> so, as we continue. Yes, as we continue, uh, Billy shows up at school, uh, interacting with Trini a bit as he is still freaking the fuck out, anxiety, all that shit. Uh, as we then see him in the pocket dimension, running a sequence, running a training simulation, where he has to try to make an impossible shot, and he does it very well. 
uh, and Zach sees him for that final iteration as Alpha tells him that Billy has been running the simulation 64 times. Uh, Zach eventually figures out, you know, what the deal is with Billy as Billy kind of explains. Billy just kind of explains, you know, his anxieties about being a superhero and him being a... Him just, I'm the nerd. I'm not supposed to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, the, this is the line that kind of buttons it all off. It's just like, everyone wants to believe they can be the hero of their own story, but not everybody can be. Yeah. As... As Zach just kind of says, hey. As Zach essentially just kind of like tries to validate Billy's own version of himself. Of uh and Yeah, eventually just kind of eventually starts working as uh as like Billy uh he as the thing goes the thing ends with Billy returning the hero's quest and seemingly like Turning off his art, turning off his like morph or something. Just Billy, yeah, just Billy gets a bit of confidence anymore. in himself and realizes what he can do. Mm. Which I kind of, I very much agree with you. What you said, Birdie, where this this is a really good bit. It shouldn't be here. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the problem with all the stuff that's not main story in each any of these yeah. series is that they they're timed so poorly that they just cut the pacing. Yeah. And even if they're important for the story, you're like, I don't want this right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's difficult to place. Like, what do you, but what would you do? Would you put it after the arc? And then like, you would realize no, feelings no. you had, right? No, it's, we'd it's, no. It's, what, what, it, what, what you do is you would not start out your fucking series with, with 23 issues before you start the fucking massive goddamn storyline. Yeah. yeah. Like they rush way too quickly through some stuff. And even I know one of the uh, advantages of this first arc is that the pacing for like the main story just keeps building and building and building across the first four volumes. And it makes you makes it really quick, easy read, at least for me. But the problem then is when you have to start putting in depth and putting in character stuff, you need down moments for that to fit into the story. Yeah. Just if everything is constant building action towards Dracon, you can't really ever. You can't really have a whole lot of good character moments. Mm-hmm. Like the only time they actually managed to have like a character moment for any of these people outside of like Tommy or Zach was the bit where Billy and Trini were in the fucking Dragon Sword. Up to this point, there's a good one coming up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's probably my favorite issue of the series, actually. Yeah, we'll see. So back to the storyline proper as. As the Rangers meet up with their parents again, uh, this time only one of them is color coded, which is a nice change. Yeah, he's referencing Nico is the fact that everyone related to any of the Rangers has to be color coded with the Rangers color, whether it's parents or associated stuff. Yeah, in yeah in Mighty Morphin, there was a bit where the where the parents actually showed up, and all the parents were wearing the same colors as their kids. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, so all the so the three so the four remaining Rangers um, are talking to their parents, kind of saying like, "Hey, shit was shit was going crazy, but hey, we just got stuck the bad side of town. Everything's fine." As uh, Tommy, as Tommy's mom is talking to the cops because her kid's missing, and uh, Billy's parents are 
uh, kind of just freaking out, calling everybody they know, um, gathering pictures together for what I'm assuming is a missing student, assuming is a missing child poster. Yep. As we then cut over to the other world, as we are introduced to the historic Angel Grove, capital of the New Power Coalition, and final home and final Earth home to Empress Rita Repulsa. Because yo, Rita won. And the city is now the city is now closed under curfew, under order of Lord Dracon. Yeah. As Tommy and Billy are theorizing about what this actually is, whether it's like alternate reality or future or whatever, uh, they get approached and stopped by a cop, which is a, a black, which black is a black ranger. ranger. Yeah, 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 complete with uh, axe. Alex. Axe assault rifle. <laughs> yeah, I like the design of those those guys. Actually, I do. I do. I kind of dug that. Yeah, I mean, clearly one. Power Rangers did too because the uh, the the Power Rangers video game, the brawler, used this version of the Black Ranger as a as a villain. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so actually, here's the thing. Uh, so with the next few issues, uh, we're gonna be seeing more and more like militarized Power Ranger stuff. Hmm. At the time this comic came out, or at least close to it, there was a YouTube video that was released called Power Slash Rangers. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was made by uh, Adi Shankar, who is the uh, producer of Dread. The Castlevania guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the Castlevania guy. He's the Dread guy. Mm. And he did and he did these things for, a, for his bootleg universe, which essentially was him taking comic book and TV characters from, like, you know, really ridiculous stuff and then trying to make them, like, harsher, grittier stuff out of them. Like, he had one called Laundry Day, where Thomas Jane, like, walked into a laundromat and was, like, doing his laundry, and then violence was heard outside, then he pulled a shirt, and it was the Punisher shirt. Oh, okay. See, my, my mind went somewhere else because of bad horror movies when you said that. My mind went, Laundry Day! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, or whatever. Two. But, no, yeah. Two was Garbage Day. Three is Laundry Day. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. There actually was a Silent Night, Dead the Night 3. That's why that confused me. But. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a 3. I thought it was 1, 2 in the remake. No, no, no. <laughs> well, then. Uh, but, yeah, so one of the things that the, that series, one of the things that that video, the Power Slash Rangers thing did, was it took the Rangers, like, classic designs and stuff, and then built them out to be more militaristic. Okay. Which was to say bulkier, more tactical, and gave them, like, fucking, like, P90s and assault rifles and stuff. Oh, okay. Everyone hates. I don't know how I feel about that. I was about to say, although like this weird future setting, like that they have this this team in here, like that like you said they just showed up. I think it works in that in that sense, but like as this a team, works a hundred percent because we have context. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like like, yeah. We, like we are shown that like this is evil rangers. This is like dark timeline rangers, and so it being a bit more militaristic makes more sense because it's under a. Yep. Because under a militaristic, you know, authoritarian government. Yeah, yeah. Like the um, pro- like the problem with Power Slash Rangers wasn't that it was dark; it's that it was needlessly dark. Yeah, it's, it's it didn't serve a purpose. It's sort of like the difference between, like, say, Injustice and well, I'm sorry, Injustice the comic versus uh, uh, Aspar or something like oh, that. Right, one of the right. one of the bad alternate timelines, which DC mm. has. Yeah, we have numbers like, of <laughs> like, like having like having darkness for the sake of darkness just makes you feel like a fucking teenager. 
Which and is also not- a, a particularly annoying teenager because I knew those kids and I hated them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for a bit I was one of those kids. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, but I got better. Also, um, Bertie, uh, for context to your comment earlier, because I was uh, I had looked up Kyle Higgins because I was trying to see something, um, and it turns out he actually was also the writer on the Battle for the Grid video game. Okay, I can believe that because. That was it. Was just shattered, essentially just shattered grid. The game basically yeah. was the plot yeah. of it, and the rest of it's just a battle game. Yeah, it's a good one, but I mean, well, basic, I guess. If you really like brawlers, it might be a little too mm. simple for you. But yeah. So as as fucking Mastodon Cop is trying to get some idea out of these guys, uh, he catches the sight of the Dragon Dagger in Tommy's pants, and I mean that literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, as he goes to arrest Tommy, yeah. As he goes to arrest Tommy, <laughs> stop resisting. Uh, Billy uh, forces Billy pushes them, and they manage to escape. Uh, trying to get their way to Angel Grove High, which turns out to be the Finster Memorial Correctional Facility. Which is Ranger brutality. Yeah, that, that's great. <laughs> just, just, just the tagline underneath it: "Molding the minds of tomorrow." <laughs> I love that. Which is which takes even darker context when we talk about what Finster does after this arc. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the two of them dive into the dive into the water uh, directly off the coast of Angel Grove. Uh, Manage to escape. As we then cut back to the regular timeline universe with Goldar finally getting released by Rita, as she has a plan for him. Meanwhile, the rest of the Rangers are examining the fucking wreckage of the Black Dragon. Uh, with with them coming to you know, the, coming like fully realizing that oh, this is literally just a reskin of the Dragon Sword. Uh, back to the Dark Universe. Uh, the the uh, the Rangers end up where the command center was, and they find the Thunder Zords all destroyed. Mm-hmm. With the Thunder yeah. Zords being the second gen Zords, because yeah, they so th- this was this is when they start running into the Sentai problem. Nico is they wanted to keep the Mighty Morphin Rangers around, but they ran out of footage for the Zords, so they right. just started using footage from the next season for the Zords and just had the Zords from the first oh. season morph into <laughs> the Zords from this season. Yeah, um, the yeah, I think they uh, was this the Ninjor stuff. No, that's that's season three. This is Die Ranger, the season that they skipped everything from except the Zords and the White Ranger suit. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they yes they end up here next to the Thunder Zords, um, and they start hearing a voice calling down from a hole. Uh, event Tommy jumps down there to go find it, and eventually finds Saba, the talking the talking sword of the White Ranger. Yeah, and see, I feel that he's the shadiest guy in this whole this whole series. Like, I don't know, something throws me off about this sword. Weirdly enough, I think Saba is like the most just straight up forward with them. He no, like he seems really genuine, and that's like the problem for me. Like, I'm just like, I don't <laughs> oh, know. You, oh, about you've this been sword. trained by media that anyone who's genuine is the threat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this guy can't yeah. be for real. He's a talking sword. <laughs> Everyone knows you can't trust swords. A talking sword that we learned can shoot lasers out of his eyes. So we can't uh, fully trust him. (laughs) Yeah. 
Maybe he maybe he was created by uh, Darkseid or something. With the Power Rangers universe has clashed over with DC before. That's entirely possible. Yeah, it's entirely possible. <laughs> but uh, but cool. Uh, also, again, got to check in with you guys. Was this from the series at all? The yes. sword. Yeah. So the okay. White Ranger, Saba is from the series. His suit had the had the tiger sword. But did it? But it didn't talk. Did no, it? it talked. No, it did. Yeah. Oh, did it? I can't remember that. Yeah, it I talked. It floated Ranger. around. Did stuff. I, yeah, I they, remember they the White Ranger. Down on I don't remember that because okay, and this is a thing that Power Rangers again did better than the original Sentai. In the in the original Sentai, the White Ranger was a little kid, and he was probably the most annoying little kid. That like apparently like the thing they did with Turbo, where they had a little kid become a, an adult ranger, that happened a whole lot more often in Japan. Yeah, and it's mm. it's really annoying. Okay. So having and, and the only thing that worked about the about the sword, the original Sentai, is that it taught shit to the kid who was in the suit. But mm. that was. Uh. Anyway, yeah. So they they get the sword, uh, get out, but not before the fucking cops descend on them, as Lord Dracon appears. And Lord Dracon, in case you haven't guessed, is the fucking yeah. white is the fucking white green combo ranger. <laughs> At which point it's revealed that oh my god, it's this Tommy, but he Tommy's evil. Yeah, he got some fucking salt and pepper Reed Richards in his hair and a weird fucking Mojo Raleigh scar. <laughs> that is a joke for nobody. <laughs> you mean it's a joke for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. Moving on to the next issue. No, I know what you're talking about, but <laughs> yeah. it t- took me a second there. <laughs> yeah, so moving on to the next thing. Um, as Dracon tries to, as Dracon orders his fucking cronies to uh, round up Billy and Tommy, Saba uh, summons the fucking. Someone's one of the fucking Fal- uh, the white zords. Not, uh, no, th- this, is, this is a lion zord. Oh yeah, they summoned the tiger. No, I thought yeah, they summoned the tiger zord briefly, and then they switched to the falcon zord. Yeah, he, yeah, they summoned the tiger zord specifically as a distraction, so that uh, so that Dracon tells all of his dudes to go fucking kill that thing as they run off to the falcon zord. Yes. Okay. And that's that's the sequence of events. Yep. Hop inside, and then they fly off. Wee. Meanwhile, back in Angel Grove proper. Billy's parents are so sad and Tommy's mom is really sad and the Rangers feel really bad because they cannot say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on the moon, Goldar's back. Squat and Babu are happy about it, seemingly. So yeah, Squat and Babu are here. Yeah. Uh, as Rita, reveal, Rita and Finster reveal the plans uh, to just make uh, bigger, better Goldars. Which I think they only made Babu because they wanted to reference Wizard of Oz. I mean, probably. Uh, so, escaping a bit, uh, the Falcon Zord needs to take some time to recharge uh, as Saba gives Billy and Billy and Tommy the lowdown on what the fuck happened here. So, the Green Ranger arrived. Um... The rest of the Rangers, they managed to fight off and beat him. Uh, but Tommy decided to go back to Rita. For whatever reason, he just he just felt Which they that, don't explain well in the main series that they saved that for a tie-in, which I'm not yeah. really all that happy about. But yeah, nope. Important character stuff should not be relegated to tie-in issues. 
Important lesson that DC and Marvel have never learned. Never. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, yeah, so uh, as the Rangers uh, just kept on like fucking just say, trying to save the world and stuff, uh, Rita went for a subversive approach, just kind of taking it and making the world want her in charge. Mm-hmm. With... Uh, with um, with uh, the green right with Tommy and Goldar kind of leading the charge. Uh, we even see the uh, prime minister of, uh, I think this is the prime minister of uh, Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Que- question, question guy. Sorry. Who, who the fuck is this pumpkin guy? Uh, it's a monster. But it, it was a random monster from season one. Okay. And including this white haired dude, whatever that is floating in the air. Yes. This... The giant floating head. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, these, these are all just things of, from season of, one. Yeah, rule of thumb from the monsters from season one, it was basically all, almost all based on monsters from folklore. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Rita begins taking over the world. Um, We get fucking, like, we get a uh, fucking Magneto was right posters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's all doing all that stuff. And then Zordon, um, you know, he, he creates, you know, the White Ranger stuff. And it's like, hey, we need someone to fucking run this stuff. Uh, and Jason is chosen. Uh, as the as Rita and her forces begin to assault the fucking uh, begin to assault the command center uh, outside the Equation Rangers, the Alien Ninja Rangers are there. Uh, so is the uh, Space Cop from Turbo. Yeah. Oh, is that who that is? Is that that's like from another? Uh, I think. Yeah. I you think about the Phantom Ranger or the, oh, the Phantom the, Ranger. Yeah, the Phantom Ranger's there. Yeah, I'm talking about the Phantom Ranger. Um. I keep confusing like this, this is, this is a point of power Rangers that I don't remember a super whole lot about. So any of the ancillary Rangers, I kind of get the kind of like mix them all together. I mean, I, I know turbo, but I don't, I didn't, I don't distinctly remember a lot of turbo, I guess. That is the Phantom Ranger. You're talking about this one that's got a sword and it's like the big purple one that's Uh, standing here. No. Uh, so the, the, the one, the purple one with the sword, that's a ninjor. Okay. Yeah, that's the source of the ninja powers for season three of Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the uh, Black Ranger standing in front of the other Black Ranger. The one that looks the most like it's a motorcycle helmet guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's the Phantom yeah, Ranger. See, see, I, I, I saw this scene and I'm like, those must be from other seasons that I'm not aware of. Yeah, and then like, yes, okay, yeah, yeah, and okay. then the and then so. the other red, white, and black Rangers in that fa- in that frame are the Ninja Rangers, uh, the the Alien Rangers. Uh, they are from the planet Aquatar. Okay. They're a whole other thing. Okay. Well, again, it didn't take away from the story for me, but yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I figured it's, like it, yeah, like, it yeah. Does, it does, like a lot of these references, especially like in this part of the story, don't take away from the actual enjoyment of the story. They're just kind of neat things for like Easter eggs for people who know. Yeah, yeah. which now, is shattered cool. grid. You're fucked. Yeah, shattered grid. <laughs> you, you need to have the fucking wiki open. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> like you, either, you either need, you either need to watch thirty years of television or have the wiki open at all times. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So things go sideways immediately as Jason and Tommy get into a big old brouhaha. Tommy, uh, Jason, not able to get the full White Ranger powers uh, as Jason, sorry, as Tommy kills Jason and takes the powers for himself. Uh, luckily, Saba managed to escape and get hidden. Uh, and we just kind of like wait for Zordon to come back. 
uh, as the story wraps up with uh, the story the story wraps up there as then almost immediately uh, Billy and uh, Tommy are captured by the resistance which is Trini Bulk and I think Aisha Aisha or Tanya one of the two it's a, that again weird transition at the end of Mighty Morphin but <laughs> yeah that whole <laughs> Just move on. It's yeah, let's just move that on. Nico is just going to be a distraction. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, uh, issue thirteen. Uh, we get we get the first look at some of the uh, some of the versions of Goldar that Finster is making, including a big old hulking one. And we also see Goldar out of his armor. Yeah, which is weird. It's very very was, bizarre. I thought that was part of his skin, but whatever. yeah, I didn't. I didn't think Goldar had casual wear. <laughs> Goldar sweats when he's at home. Hey yeah, guys. just him hanging, just him hanging out, like, like just him on the him on the couch, like with the book and a bag of chips. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. Meanwhile, in evil universe, uh, they're taken to uh, Tommy and uh, Billy are taken to the Resistance, which is led by Zach. Uh, Zach meets up with Saba. And it's like, yeah, okay. I believe you. As we are then led into the resistance proper. Where. Where, uh, yeah, just things, things are a bit off, you know, because Billy in this world is dead. Yeah. And like Tommy is evil. my favorite character scene where Billy realizes that this world's Trini doesn't want to talk to him much. And he confronts her about it. And she kind of painfully has to explain what happened to the Billy she knew and loved as a friend. Yeah. And that it's not really fun for her to see another Billy who she knows is not the same one. Yeah. That that's it's so good. This is so good. And we also get to see what uh what Dracons does with the other powers, with the other colors that are uh, the fucking spectrum. As we see that um the Red Ranger appears to be like his honor guard. Yeah. With with a with a red ranger flanking on either side, uh, the yellow ranger is like some kind of higher up cop than the uh, than the black rangers. Yeah, the black rangers are grunts. Yeah, meanwhile, guess, the, do we see pink? I don't remember pink. I I think we end up seeing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink is there like a fucking spec op squad. Oh yes, okay. Now I remember. Yeah. Uh, so as. Yeah, Dracon's there, um, disciplining his people. As Scorpina is also there, it's kind of meant to be like a little envoy between her and between uh, Dracon and Rita. As we see, uh, the that Tommy has gotten, uh, sorry, as Dracon has gotten himself a big old army, ready to fucking go out there and stomp the resistance. Luckily, Skull is there to keep keep an eye on everything and get word back to the resistance because Bulk and Skull are the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Particularly this version of them. Yeah. Uh, back in real world, uh, Trini is still trying to dice, still trying to uh, fucking take apart the dragon sword, uh, the black dragon thing, and figure out how the fuck to get to where Billy and Tommy are. Uh, Jason and Zach are sparring to relieve stress. Yeah. Particularly, Jason is trying to relieve stress. Yeah. Uh, as 
as uh, Alpha chimes in, uh, saying that he has uh, found a weakness in Rita's fortifications and that they can fucking go get their shit back. Mm-hmm. And then the scene you mentioned earlier with Billy and Trini happens. Mm-hmm. Which then also cuts back and forth in between uh, that and uh, Jason, I'm sorry, and Zach talking to Tommy. As then Dracon's forces just fucking come out in full force and invade. And we also learn that the Alpha that they've been talking to, the Rangers have been talking to, is actually just Finster and Rita fucking with Alpha's head. As she has made her army of Swole Goldar. Swoldar. <laughs> yeah, that final panel where it's just like... <laughs> Just here are five Goldars that are worth about ten Goldars. <laughs> <sighs> Next issue, the Rangers are being led into a trap as Finster is still just text-to-speech typing into Alpha's head. All the Rangers are still green, and I forgot about that for a second, and it really weirded me out when I saw it again. Yeah, they, they are, even though they're not used a whole lot, they're green for quite a while, like, in yeah. terms of issues. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not many scenes where they're all like that, where you could you realize, but talking about it right now, they were green for a while in this. Yeah. A few issues, at least, right? Longer than I would have mm. thought. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they run into the army of Goldars as the army of evil rangers is bombarding the fucking uh, resistance base. Mm. Uh, managing to punch through the, uh, to punch through whatever force fields they have set up. Uh, Zach orders Billy and Trini to go get shit back online. Mm-hmm. As, as Tommy has a plan. That involves Saba somehow. Uh, the Goldars are, because they are essentially putties, they've stitched back together way better and easier as Trini cuts off one of their arms and he just manages to reattach it. And it's like, yeah, let's go. Rom Goldar. Uh, so that's why these Goldars are able to grow and the other one's just normal size. Yeah. Okay. It just, as for, as a visual, it just looks weird. Yeah. Goldar is Goldar. Everything else is a putty of Goldar. Right, right, right. Uh, the Rangers realize they're getting fucked, so they decide to blast a hole and head up. But whoops, the doodles, there's bigger, there's bigger Goldars up there. Yeah. <laughs> the fight continues against the Mastodon sentries, as they are called. As Zack is confronted by Scorpina and the Honor Guard. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy has gotten to the Falcon Zord and is using it, you know, like a giant fucking gun. Yeah. Uh, as they are setting things back up... Um, with the shield generators, uh, Trini hands Billy back his morpher uh, because that's what happened with the gold. That's that with the Blue Ranger. Uh, fucking Dracon never got the power coin, mm-hmm. so it can never set anything up with it. Uh, and so she hands it back to Billy, and with that, it gives them something. It gives them some hope, apparently. Mm-hmm. As back in the real world, the Rangers call their Zords, and it turns into a big old fucking smackdown. Against uh, against the older Goldars, as one of the Goldars manages to fucking rip the Sabretooth Zord's head off, or like the top of its scalp off. Yeah, he like jumps on his back, and then he's just like, yeah, <laughs> like, just, like, like rip and tear. <laughs> yeah, rips it out, and then they just rip Trini out of the Zord. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Which is odd. Yeah. I don't know. There's just there's, it's something odd. There's something odd visually about like pulling a ranger out of a zord. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah, it just and like he doesn't just like grab her. He like bear hugs her out of the zord. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like very strange. Then and then he threw her her over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So um, bulk Aisha and I'm guessing Cat. Uh, they begin to make their way over to like a big old sentry turret, uh, but get stopped by a squad of pink snipers. Again, really dig the design on these. Yeah, they, they, they look they, good. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, yeah, they, I, they, I actually, like they actually kind of remind me of uh, like Jen from Time Force's like time travel uniform. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dracon manages to get on the Falcon Zord and get it taken down and yank Tommy out of it. Uh, Trini is taken, is taken in front of, uh, Rita and everything's looking all kinds of bad. It's all just, oh, it's all kinds of bad. Tommy's about to get fucking executed, but then Billy and Trini surrender. As we move on to issue 15, we're almost there for this story arc. <laughs> You're doing a great job, dead man. I must <laughs> say. Uh, and at this point, the, uh, the illustrator also switches over, uh, from, yeah. From our boy Henry Pr- Henry Proteus, I cannot pronounce your name. I'm sorry. Uh, to Daniel Bayless. Mm-hmm. As we then get another flashback issue. Yeah. This one showing uh, a naked Zordon being thrown through time. <laughs> I, um, I'm just trying to remember. I'm flipping through this issue. I'm trying to remember it. I think this may have been my least favorite flashback issue, if I'm not mistaken. Because it gives us the least. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. This was, especially before the the literal, like, the actual conf- conclusion issue, this felt like, uh, this felt really out of place. I'm like, really? Like, this doesn't need to be happening right now. Like, for me. Yeah. Like, I this is. You could have told this afterwards, like in my yeah, like opinion. all like, all this does is just tell us that Zordon feels bad. Yeah, yeah, and then like yeah, yeah, this one wasn't necessary. I feel a hundred percent else. Yeah, but yeah. So Zordon, he flows through time, sees the things we know that happened, and then yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of pointless. Yeah, because even like flipping through it, it didn't it didn't stick with me. Like I'm trying to like brush up on like kind of what happened, and I'm just like, yeah, this one, yeah, it was okay. Just my least favorite of the flashbacks so far, though. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, in any any bit that is kind of cutting back and forth in between uh both regular world and Dracon world. Uh, we get two instances of Billy and then Trini uh, doing some awesome dick tech stuff and kind of kind of saving the day hmm. as uh, as Billy and Trini uh, in the evil universe uh, use the shield, use the morph shield generator and Billy's and Billy and the dead Billy's coin to disrupt Dracon's morphing. And then in the regular universe, uh, Trini had found a way to fucking jerry-rig the black dragon armor to her own suit, so she just fucking summons it like a goddamn like a goddamn battleizer. 
That was cool. That was probably the coolest thing about that character, I think, so far. Definitely. <laughs> like for, yeah. Like, the fact that, like, armor just kind of slinked on her body, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, like I said, this, this has precedent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has precedent in Power Rangers. The Battleizer is a well-established thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just nice seeing it on not the Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, you still with us, Bernie? Yeah, he still stepped away for a moment there. Okay. Yeah. I did not see that. I was too busy reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he said be right back a moment ago. Sorry. <laughs> yep. So, uh, they grab Billy's power coin. Uh, Trini, Trini grabs Billy's power coin, fires at it with the fucking laser, and they get it back. They get ax, they control back of Billy's Zord as well as their regular colors. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, they fire at the Megazord, uh, get it all good and proper as they, as they are fighting them off the massive Goldars. Uh, and then Goldar kills one of his clones. Which, yeah. That, yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, that yeah. 100% tracks. Yeah, yeah, for me too. I was like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the Black Dragon armor, a sensor picks up something, uh, specifically a kind of energy surge from the Triceratops coin in the Black Dragon's world, mm. uh, meaning that fucking Trini can lock onto it and figure out a way to get him, figure out a way to get there and get fucking Billy and Tommy back. Mm. As the war rages on, Tommy is going to be fighting older Tommy. As. Yeah, like the dialogue that's happening during this fight scene is all great and everything, and the actual context of the fight, the fight itself does look great. Yeah. Especially because at one point it looks like Dracon gets Saba, but he never has Saba. Mm. I don't know, it just looks weird. Mm. Yeah, no, there's definitely some not great looking scenes for sure. But anyway, then the Rangers show up and fucking save the day, fucking driving off a big chunk of the fucking uh, enemy forces as Dracon throws himself down a fucking cliff to avoid being, I guess, taken, killed, by defeated by Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, old Zack tells young Zack to tell the Rangers about the fucking Rita offer mm-hmm. as Billy and Trini manage to Managed to uh, stabilize the portal and get everyone back home. But they also managed to bring Dracon with them. Yeah. Saba comes with them and they, and he says like, hey, Zordon's alive. His tube just got fucking busted, but he's still alive. I got holograms of him. And they have a path going forward as, as Tommy goes back home, uh, gets the, gets the morpher back. Um, everyone is all happy. Billy, is doing fine. Uh, Tommy and Jason are teaching things at the fucking karate school because that was a point mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And Tommy wraps it up by by talking to fucking Bulk and Skull about his whole thing. <laughs> yeah, which, this concludes the whole big first mega arc kind of 16 issue arc like storyline of Tommy. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And the storyline itself wraps up as Dracon bloody and beaten is picked up on the is picked up in wherever he is by the US military. Mhm. And that does it for that storyline. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was uh it was pretty good. Uh I uh 
great moments throughout and uh yeah i was i was happy as uh, like i said a few times a fan of the green ranger and yeah that was it was a really satisfying storyline i think it it managed to take what was it managed to take the wasted opportunities of the original power ranger series build on them in interesting ways build on the characters of power rangers in interesting ways and mm-hmm. very much felt very much felt like is someone taking Power Rangers seriously. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which kind of the movie did too at points. Okay, like, like the most yeah. recent movie. Because uh, yeah, if you I haven't heard, it. if you haven't heard my opinions on the fucking like twenty eighteen Power Rangers movie, it was fine. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, like it it did a good job like building on character stuff. It didn't they, they didn't try to make the characters. It didn't try to do what this book does of making of taking the old character archetypes and making them modern, as opposed to just taking the old character names and assigning them to modern characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is all really well done. Fuck, man i I'm still kind of blown away by how good it actually is. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear it from you as well. Uh, just because you're a fan, you're a much uh, bigger fan of the property than I. But even for me, I felt uh, it was a good. I mean, just a good comic story. Like, yeah. Even if you're not a huge fan of the Power Rangers after this first arc, I would um, suggest checking it out. And um, as well as the next eight issues that uh, come after this. I felt because of the fact this was such a larger arc, it really kind of made the way for them to tell a few smaller stories, kind of all kind of converging into, once again, like a semi-larger story. But I felt that they did it in a much better way because of everything that kind of came before it. You know what I mean? Like they were able to... They were able to set everything up the way they did in these next few issues. Even a couple of one-and-done type issues, I I thought to... um, and and the way they tied everything in was really well done. I thought as well. Yeah. Like the next, like this second volume for me, like thirteen to twenty four, the second hardcover, I liked I, even more than the first hardcover. Okay. It was all said and done. Yeah, I quite liked it because okay. I really thought the wrap up of this first arc was good. The the um, issues thirteen and sixteen. Yeah, the wrap then, up. The wrap up handled. The wrap up was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Minus that flashback issue, like I said, I didn't. Yeah, that, that didn't really add much for me, but. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, though, um, it, it was fine. Like, I didn't, like, groan reading it, but I was just, like, again, I just was, yeah, like, it, looking it, forward to It didn't to need the to conclusion. be there. No. No. Yeah, so... It was for the first arc. Um, I need to go take care of a couple things. Uh, we'll be back in a couple seconds with Birdie, hopefully, back, as we get into the uh, last few issues of this beginning, bef- as, as of this pre-Shattered Grid stuff. <laughs> And we are back. Um, we have Birdie back with us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Birdie, uh, I guess uh, from final thoughts on the first arc. Uh, yeah. I mean, couple minor quibbles with pacing, but essentially, I I blew through this part of the story so fast the second time reading because it's a really good version of a story that I can be a little played out, but works pretty well for what they're doing here. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from that uh, to the last arc, last, last, last little six issue arc before we get into um, fucking proper Shattered Grid stuff. 
Uh, this time we got a new person out of the out of the art team as uh, Siggy Ironmonger is helping with the coloring with is helping Matt Hearns with the coloring on a couple of pages in this issue. Mm-hmm. And we start out as apparently we have to start out a fucking Power Rangers arc with Bulk and Skull on YouTube. It has been months since the ending of the last thing with uh since the ending of the last arc with the uh, with the Power Rangers. Getting back to what they're doing, uh, taking like helping out people, uh, stopping fucking disasters, helping with all kinds of stuff. Um, and apparently, some of the media has been him and Han with talking heads going, "Hey, man, these fucking Zords and stuff. What? The, what the hell, man? We can't trust these goddamn Power Rangers. Well, they control their fucking robots again." But then, uh, one person who has come out. Uh, Chief among the uh, pro ranger side of things has been one Grace Sterling, who may or may not be important later. <laughs> uh, the one I really liked for the foreshadowing was when uh, Trini's reading the book and it's like her book. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, all that stuff's happening. Uh, the Rangers are out there doing a whole bunch of fucking missions. Yeah, <laughs> well, because. This is the one time the Power Rangers don't have to deal with uh, <laughs> Rita. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Trini and Kim are off on some alien world doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Alpha 5 is piloting the... Alpha 5 is there with him. He's piloting the fucking uh, pterodactyl zord. Jason's back at the command center. just kind of like running ops there. As then uh, Billy, Zach, and Tommy are dealing with a tornado. Yeah, I actually really thought this was a strong issue for that reason. Like, this is just a classic comic, like, decompressing after, like, a, a huge fucking, like, arc or event type thing. Where it's like, let's catch up and spend time with all these characters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's I, that's why I kind of really dug this. Let's like, finally have all the downtime moments we would have needed to actually right. have right. character <laughs> development. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So I, I, I kind of like the approach that he took with this one. Yeah. So as is all happening, uh, like I said, Jason is just in the command center kind of leading ops and all this. As everything works out and they fucking actually complete both their missions, everything's totally fine. And uh, and yeah, so they have uh, they have all been working towards stuff um, with particularly uh, the thing that Trini and Kim were working on uh, getting Zordon staff to try to help tether Zordon back to the dimension with the morphing grid stuff. Gobbledygook science, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, sciencey, sciencey. <laughs> yep. Uh, they've rebuilt the command center in its entirety. Um, they're back to doing regular stuff. Um, Tom, like uh, Billy and Tommy have gotten closer and they're now like gym buddies. Yeah, because T- Tommy has taken Dracon as a sign of what I will never be, I don't want to ever become, and I will try, try hard to become it. And Billy has taken that, oh, I was like a real leader and a hero in this other series. Let me let me aspire to be like that guy I never met. Yeah, it, it essentially uh, got rid of all doubts he had previously because he actually saw, hey, in the infinite, in the infinity of fucking time, there's a me that was what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, well, the other Rangers seem to be relatively even and like, you know, level-headed, getting all things good and everything. Uh, Jason, meanwhile, has gone full fucking headfirst into nightmare mode as he is spending all his time in the command center 
Yeah. Scanning the re- scanning the remains of the fucking uh, palace on the moon, as well as every single police band in that he's able to get his ha- he's able to get hands on to see if Rita's still out there because he assumes Rita is still out there. Mm. Which I, I get why he's doing it, but there's a reason why everyone's like, dude, you need to get out of your own head for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly uh, Zach. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Kim's hanging out with her mom and her mom's like, you know, he, she, your mom's talking about like yeah. you know, the divorce and stuff. And then he brings up Matthew, who is, a, I believe, a character from Go-Go. This is, where we, this is where we start getting into the stuff that, yeah, if you haven't read Go-Go Power Rangers, you're going to be a little like, who the hell is Matthew? <laughs> yeah. Or like, why are their parents getting divorced? Was this a thing beforehand? Because it wasn't in the show. They, they didn't mention it beforehand, actually. I think they mentioned it like previously. Okay. Not... not Kind of offhandedly, if I recall, then. But yeah, but. yeah, just kind, of, just kind of a bit like whatever. Like, hey, like, like you said, there was no downtime in that first arc, so we couldn't really develop anything. It was kind of all mentioned in passing. Uh, meanwhile, Trini has a recommended reading list of just trying to, I guess, get smarter. Yeah, we'll also read Neil Gaiman. You know, yeah, kudos. you know, I I couldn't get into the American Gods book. Hmm. I okay. like the show. I just couldn't get into the book. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. I tried reading it. And it, just, it just wasn't oh. doing anything for me. Also, weird photo to have for Kimberly on her calling. Like, yeah, her just phone. some <laughs> just some weird like offside flirtatious <laughs> thing. I don't know. Like very strange choice. That might have been like... a panel from uh, Go Go that I just don't remember because. <laughs> I'm a assume- weird, a weird thing they changed for go for this version of continuity versus the old one is that it sort of is intended intended to suggest that before Tommy showed up, Kimberly was the newest, like she had just come to town. Yeah, which nothing in the original Mighty Morphin suggested that that was in any way the case. So I was a little lost. I guess there, in Go Go they needed some kind of like tension in the group and they need and just hey tension hey what what makes what add tension to high school there's a new kid. Woo Anyway, yeah, so Kim calls Trini and the two of them morph up and hang out on the top of their robot fucking dinosaur. No, no yeah they're they're flying robot dinosaur. Yeah. And they're all just kind of talking about how the downtime is weird. Yeah, but we like it. Yeah, we like it, but you know, it, it is it is a little bit weird uh, having like Trini, the one who was like the one who was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a power ranger forever. I'll like like I'll, I'll be a doctor eventually. Be the one to say, yo, not being a power ranger is kind of boring. Yeah. Which is when some of the stuff they do after Shattered Grid will, starts to pay off, but I'm not going to go there because I don't think even you know what that is. So Yeah, not yet. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so the two of them just kind of talking about stuff. Um, eventually bring up Jason and the fact that he doesn't really leave the command center ever. Yeah. Turning into Batman. Yep. Literally, like falling asleep in front of the giant computer in the dark. Yep. Here's the name Martha freaks out. Yeah. Why is that name? 
Uh, and after getting reports of an earthquake in Dubai, calls the team. They get the Zords together and fucking save the day. As then Grace Sterling mentioned repeatedly throughout this issue, uh, calls up the Rangers and is like, yo, let's talk. Okay, so is this where they cut to the flashback or is that another issue in? Uh, that no, is, as I'm loading up the issues. That is, I believe, uh, a different issue. Okay, because like it, it's they cut to the flashback with Grace either here or when she just shows up at the command center going, yo, bitch, I uh, was red. Yeah, this is... This issue, yeah, this issue, um, brings up the begins the Finster story. Oh right, yeah, okay. Like I was sequence of events yeah. again. Sorry, Br- brilliant plan, by the way. I felt yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really well executed. Yeah, so issue eighteen. Um, we also we get some more people on artwork. Uh, with uh, with Daniel Bayless uh, helping out for a couple pages, and then weird thing, so. Colors by Matt Herms for issue for pages one through ten, and then Joanna LaFuente with Matt Herms. Hmm. For, for yeah. the last half. I'm trying to look at I, it. I right guess now. Uh, Kyle Higgins was trying to figure out what aesthetic he wanted to go with hmm. for the series going forward. I guess. I was, I was about to say the only difference I could visibly see from the second half is that it's a little bit darker, like darker looking. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah. And it it feels like there might have been some like influence of the artist in the earlier bit because uh, the faces look a lot better in like in this issue at least like from what I'm seeing so far. This is one of the better looking issues for sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, Grace is uh, there talking to the Rangers and says like, "Hey, I run this thing called Promethea. Um, we had a plane go down over here, and hey, look for our satellite images. We found a Finster. Mm-hmm. These images were taken today." So the Rangers teleport over to this fucking village, which is Latveria, for fuck's sake. That's what I felt. (laughs) Yeah, they go over to this fucking Romanian village, which, according to Billy, uh, is a fascinating combination of late 18th century mixed with something else, as well as a bunch of medieval, including a big old fuck off castle. Which. Yeah, sure. I can believe that for Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, as the Rangers are there trying to figure out what the fuck this goddamn town is, uh, two randos show up and say, "Hey, we're here. Hey, are you here to see the master?" Obviously, putting everyone on edge. Mm-hmm. They decide to go see the master. Which surprise, surprise, he's a Finster. <laughs> uh, at which point, Finster activates something, and every single person from the town who had all gathered in front of the <laughs> castle begins turning into putty monsters. Yeah, I don't know. I, I dug this, actually. <laughs> like, no, this I, was I, a really I, good plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, this, this is all really good. Uh, they managed to... Uh, yeah, the two uh, the two people who brought him to the Master uh, turned into fancy but turned into fancy monsters. Uh, mm. A bull and armadillo thing. Uh, as Jason and Tommy go down below deck to go find the fucking uh, pilots. Yeah, uh, so... As the other rangers are fighting Carmadillo and Borlock. <laughs> On brand for Mighty Morphin Power Ranger villain names. Yep, 100%. Uh, 
Uh, Finster manages to uh, kind of sneak up on the. Kind of manages to sneak up on uh, the on the on the pilots and the rangers as he fires a big old lightning gun at him, which then cases him in concrete or whatever. And Finster kind of begins revealing a bit of his plan as he has been uh, working on trial and error of just trying to find a way to make his monsters indistinguishable from humans. Mm-hmm. And he managed to do it. Mm-hmm. As the rest of the rangers come down, they manage to catch Finster. Uh, they take Finster off with them. As as Grace is like, hey, yeah, we should work together. I mean, we fucking found Finster. Right. And Jason, understandably, is like, yeah, you did. We appreciate it. Uh, don't. Bye. Yeah, we're we're kind of going to do our own thing still, though. So see you later. <laughs> yeah. As the Rangers take off, uh, having Finster trapped in the pocket dimension, while Alpha and Zaba Zaba work on stuff. Uh, Zach tries to. Uh, yeah, Zach uh, comes up to uh, Jason in the command center and thinks that they should accept Grace's offer. And Jason is kind of Jason kind of like is rejecting it under under a under the idea that once things get back to normal, we won't need them. Whereas Zach is under the mindset of of things might not get back to normal, and she is actually helpful. Yeah, and even more so, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Their leader or whomever uh, yeah, their is mentor. gone. Yeah, and, yeah and, and it also pays off a theme that they started with Zach's character where he doesn't want to just fight monsters. He, If he has all these powers, this technology, maybe use mm-hmm. them to help better mankind, not just fight off this one specific problem. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to be more pro he wants to be more proactive and less reactive. Yeah. Which is why Promethea, you know, which is why he's on board for Promethea. Yep. But Jason is very much things have been working good up to now. We can we can once Zorna gets back, things go back to normal and we can keep the course. But as they're having this argument, uh Barcelona explodes. As well as Toronto. Mm-hmm. Because hey, Finster's Canada. monsters. <laughs> oh, I thought you, I thought you said, uh, yeah. Okay, I focused on the wrong thing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and so this is Finster's plan. He has uh, spread monsters throughout the world that think they're human, or at least are very well disguised as human, that will then be activated and fucking wreak havoc. And we see that as one of the people turns into a sloth with a respirator. And the guy I'm pretty sure is from, uh, I'm pretty sure this guy is the exact guy from the Inhumans, uh, like issue one cover. Maybe I can't remember. Like it was a dude in a hoodie with like glowing eyes looking up at the camera smirking. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. As this is happening, uh, Kimberly is having breakfast with her dad. It was like, hey, I'm a pronoun- I'm a proposed to my girlfriend. We've been dating like six months. And then he pulls the ma- and he pulls the major dad move of like, hey, isn't that your boyfriend over there? Hey, Tommy, come over here. Come join the soccer conversation. <laughs> and then luckily, 
a horrible disaster happens. So they get the call to go away. With the awkward joke of, oh, that's sweet. You guys have matching uh, watch sounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Billy's mom is still horribly traumatized. Yep, because oh. her, from her perspective, her son was missing for four days and apparently buried in rubble. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as she is actually watching footage of him, of Billy and Tommy being rescued. As she is now kind of getting very clingy. Yeah. And as he's like talking to Trini as they're jogging, he's like, I don't know. Parents just don't understand this ranger life. <laughs> yeah. Parents just don't understand going to another dimension to, fi- to find out you're dead and find an evil version of one of your friends, man. <laughs> if only Zordon would let them fucking tell anybody. God, parents don't understand when you just have to build a flying car. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was nervous about me getting the license. What about my pilot's license? <laughs> like, that's... The secret of anything is not a problem I have with Power Rangers. It's a problem I have with all superhero media. Yeah. <laughs> just, hey, super... Hey, hey, super... Hey, hey, super person. Why don't you tell your parents... Because if the villains find out, they'll attack them. What does that have to do with your parents knowing who you are? And like the Zordon thing. He yeah, said, it, no, the problem is always like it's it's always either extreme. Either everybody knows or, or nobody knows. Nobody knows. It, mm. There's no middle ground like mm. they tried to do with Blue with Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle when he right. was first created. Yeah. It's always either extreme. Yeah, uh, so, anywho, so the Rangers, they go to fight fucking the sloth dude, but as a teleport, the other guy, yeah, but then as a as teleport to him, whoops, the doodles, there's a fucking electric crow, Croverload, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, dude, Croverload, <laughs> he's awesome, yeah, and these monsters are bizarrely effective, <laughs> Because with Croverload, he is just fucking firing out lightning at all times, and uh, and the sloth, the goth sloth, <laughs> uh, he's basically Turtle from DC, where he can cause people to slow down. Oh, the Flash villain. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. yeah, and so he like, uh, you know, slows down the Rangers and then throws right. cars at civilians. <laughs> uh yeah, the so Rangers, uh, not being at full power, are having a hard time dealing with stuff. Um, Jason almost stabs Zack in the, fa- in the neck with a sword, but luckily, Billy shoots him, so he's fine. Uh, so they decide to do some fucking sneaky shit as Zack teleports behind Goth Sloth, grabs him, teleports him into the path of Croverload's, explode- Croverload's energy blasts, and fucking incinerates Goth Sloth. As the Rangers then full power beat the shit out of Croverload. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, they go talk to Finster, and Finster's like, yeah, I fucking dropped my dudes everywhere. Art, motherfucker. Yeah, that's that's the cool reveal is when he reveals that like he's got like a bunch of like monster like like sleeper fucking <laughs> agents just like you know yeah. what I mean like sprinkled throughout the world now and the yeah sprinkled throughout know? the world he has no idea when they'll fucking go off he has no idea yeah. anything about them because art 
Awesome. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. So the so the uh, Rangers begin kind of mulling over ideas of what to do and how they could how they could fucking do things. As then they get a proximity alarm because Grace is immediately outside the fucking command center. Yeah. As they teleport outside with Alpha, and Alpha knows Grace. Yeah. And, they, and Grace yeah. knows Alpha. And she reveals that she used to be a Red Ranger. Yeah. This is the issue now, Birdie, that you were referring to. Yes, as to. you then move to issue yeah. 20. And I'm with... worried about your reaction to this now. <laughs> Go uh, on. <laughs> okay. Um... Oh, I should also say, with this issue... Like the other Flash side issues, different art team on this. Uh, it's Danielle De Nicuolo. I'm sorry, I butchered that name probably. Uh, on on pencils with colors by Walter Biamonte. Mm-hmm. And yeah. All right. So at the time of the moon landing, uh, there's uh, they they fucking people are walking to the moon, but there's something else up there. It's Psycho Green. <laughs> which the psycho rangers which, so is only a th- one is so two things on this one uh the psycho rangers were not introduced or even known about until the sixth season power rangers in space yeah two there was no green psycho ranger nope <laughs> this is whole created whole hog for this sh- for this series yep uh yeah and they also don't explain where he came from in this series, they save that for a side story where they talk about the sister of the Red in Space Ranger, who was the villain of that, and then became a Power Ranger hero in subsequent seasons, and thus discovers that her evil side is just something she can control at will. Yep. God, that sounds too complicated, even as I say it out loud, and I know the background of this. I imagine Nico's like, ah. <laughs> Despite all that. Uh, me not knowing all that, this issue very, very, very much worked for me. I, I really enjoyed this issue. It works in practice. It's just like a lot of the pieces okay. seem like yeah, they're like, drawing too far abroad. Like their... honestly, this issue works. This issue works more for people who don't know much about the source material. Yeah. Okay. okay what, that must be true then. Yeah, because like, I because I was even going as far as saying this is probably like my favorite issue. To be honest with you. You know why though? Because of the simple fact that they shows that there's there's uh, there's consequences in the fucking decisions that this that that they they can make. Like the fact that they actually you see and hear that the death of of rangers. Like that's that for me. Like I thought that was just like a ballsy fucking move for him to make to say that there was such. T- and then you there's also the deception of him not revealing this for all these years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and that he can make a mistake as well. And then he has to live up to it. Their leader. You know what I mean? Like that's that it's just that that's why I liked it. The issue in itself is fine, but I think the repercussions and the result of this story and, and just the fact that you're like, this is, you could see that Rangers died like that. That for me was a pretty big deal. Like I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Like for me, for me, but yeah, uh, for me in this issue, uh, this this felt mm, like the needlessly like the needless thing I mentioned earlier of, of, like, of, like, of like like going like things going dark just for the sake of being dark. Like this 
kind of teeters into that area for me. Like it, it does the, like I get what you're saying with like showing consequences for this stuff. Um, and that being, and that being like a kind of necessary thing for like kind of what, what they've set up for Zordon and yeah. them so far. Yeah. But I, I really, this didn't, they could have gotten their point across without killing three people who we just met. Yeah, without fridging three people. Yeah, like, yeah, like, but like from what fifty years ago though. Like we don't need that. Like I don't. But care. we like, we never meet these people. We never met these people before this issue. They don't matter after this issue, aside from a characterization perspective. And yeah, the problem is, and this is my broader problem with this part of the story. A lot of it is like decent setup, but no payoff. Like, mm. this is going to be weird. I don't, I feel weird saying this because you're going to read more, but a lot of stuff with Grace never pays off at any point in the series. So a lot of the stuff they talk about here never comes back effectively. Yeah, this is essentially, hey, let's introduce this old team of rangers, kill off three-fifths of them, all to motivate one person on the team. Mm-hmm. To make them act a certain way, to make decisions that affect this specific volume of story but nothing else. Yeah, and the people we have die are the hippie gets crushed by a fucking boulder. Yeah. Just flat, flattened. The asshole got fucking explosively decompressed. Right. And then the Russian guy did what you would expect the Russian guy to do. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the PTSD soldier and the woman who got overlooked because of the, because the past fucking sucks. Yeah. Both have past their powers stripped and are just sent out into the world with knowledge that aliens and superpowers exist. And that's it. Yeah. yeah, and also Zordon's kind of a moron because he apparently didn't notice that she still had Ranger technology on her when she left. Yeah, she <laughs> fucking stole like fucking Psycho's dagger, and mm. then Zordon was like, "Yeah, she must have reverse engineering." <laughs> yeah, you guys make good counterpoints. I just think that, like I said, like for the for the only for that reason about the the actions that they made, that consequences, the fact they did actually kill off these people i was quite surprised because i didn't expect to see that in a power rangers comic so again being a little bit more removed from this material maybe like for me it was just a shocking you know moment and and that's why i kind of dug it and i i I liked what followed afterwards with yeah and like i get i get where you're coming i get where you're coming from i yeah 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 no i hear i hear you i hear you it it was unnecessary in a sense at the same time but yeah, like yeah. if they had done anything effective with it long term, I would maybe yeah be more okay with it. It's just that between the fact that they don't explain this thing that they created just essentially to set up this one situation in a cross, um, in a side story, the fact that nothing they build up pays off long term in any way that's particularly interesting. It's just, it's, it guess it's disappointing more than anything, this whole mm. arc, because it, it, they I, don't linger on this long enough for it to yeah. matter to me yeah. personally, and it doesn't pay off effectively either. Okay. Yeah. So back to the story proper. Uh, and for the first time, uh, we have not uh, Hendry uh, on, Hendry and Matt, Herm, Matt Herms on art for one of them, for one of the main story books. Well, this is 21, we move over to the art team of Jonas Scharf. Jonas Scharf and Joanna LaFuente. 
And it is a shift. Yeah. As the entire thing, it takes place in incredibly dark areas with a single source of light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, in the command center, apparently there is no light in the command center other than the viewing orb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alpha doesn't like to see anything while he works. Yeah. And it's, it's he, actually he really weird. Digital, like, he likes digital eye strain looking at Zordon. Yeah, and, like, there's a really weird panel in the in this where, like, we have Kimberly's face who is, like, complete, who is, like, almost completely hidden in shadow while staring directly at the source of light. There's Trini who has, like, who has, like, shading underneath her like chest kind of on the side of her face, but otherwise completely front lit. And then alpha who is lit entirely even, which is just odd. And I guess I'm just kind of, I guess, I guess, I guess it just comes from being used to Hendry's really weird artwork. All these characters look off. Like Tommy looks super fucking weird. Billy looks like a goddamn dork, like more so than usual. Mm hmm. Jason at one point just just is colored like Batman. <laughs> and I guess in this artwork they were trying to bring out more of like Tommy's Native American ancestry because there's like his skin's a bit darker than everyone else's. Maybe. I mean, that's another unintentional uh racism thing when they switch him to be the Red Ranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so Grace kind of explains about the team and stuff, whatever. Uh, and hey, I am fucking Promethea and stuff. Hey, I was part of Nasada. Remember Nasada? Again, in space thing. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she uh, takes the takes the Rangers over to the Promethea city, which is basically the Triskelion, but with a city. Uh, she just kind of begins showing up. Uh, she kind of begins like showing off. You know, hey, this is what we do here. This is what we have. Um, and, and Billy kind of reveals that he almost got an internship here. Kind of showing, you know, sacrifices the Rangers have had to make in their lives. Uh, as the Rangers, um, as the Rangers head into an area and grace shows off that they have actually managed to track down and capture one of these, uh, monster people before they transform as one of the monster people transforms. <laughs> into a big old nine-headed cat man. Yes. Do it. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, even though they know how to track them down, they don't know how to do anything against them because they activate their fucking security measures as a taser and it does next to nothing. Luckily, the rangers are there. And these cat heads are drawn way too much like real cats. They look a bit too adorable. Yeah. So it's a bit yeah. odd when Zach just fucking cuts one of their heads off. Yeah, kind of a tonal issue thing with like, I mean, I guess that would sort of happen anyway if yeah. they did stuff like there are certain villains from particularly Mighty Morphin's era that if it got really actually ultra violent and not like kids show violent, it would be super fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's better or worse that when he cuts off the head, uh, the pupil turns into an X. Like, that feels like a step too far. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, right. And this thing's name is Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Power Rangers. 
Uh, they get the fucking brouhaha going, uh, manage to cut off three of its heads, and then a fucking big old Zord shows up. Because yep. Promethea built a Zord. Despite them technically saying it's a mech and not a Zord. Yeah, they, they built a fucking Zord. Yep. They're an independent city-state that has the power to build Zords and stuff. Like, this yep. is... I mean, you could you could run the same time any you could run the same question any time. You have a team of rangers uh, that's supposedly all just human technology, like Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah, Lightspeed Rescue is another uh, one. But I, I think in Lightspeed Rescue they say that they, they did say that they tapped on the morphing grid. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like with 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 a lot of those other things, they say, "Hey, we've tapped into the morphing grid or the, like the morphogenic fields around the Earth or whatever." But Too with much this, pink energy is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. But with this, this is solely human powered. Yeah, I, I mean, they have made uh, human only versions of Zords as a result of knowledge from Zord tech previously. Like they did that in Time Force. Mm-hmm. So that could be what they're pulling from. Maybe, I don't know, man. But anyway, as this tour is happening, Zordon's back. Woo! <laughs> Moving on to the next issue, as we finally catch up with Rita Repulsa. You know the antagonist? Yeah. Yeah, forgot about her. Yeah, uh, as she is going to track down the Wizard of Deception. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is just a random thing they created. <laughs> uh, no, he's from uh, Power Rangers. I don't remember. What's that from? He's from Mighty Morphin Season 2. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he was uh, sent by the he was sent by the Ghost of Darkness to destroy the White Ranger. God, I don't remember that. <laughs> yes. The Ghost of Darkness, uh, keep in mind, is a... Hmm, how to best describe this? You know those like light-up jiggling skulls you get at Party City when Halloween's around? Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, one of those. Uh, 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 at oh, least okay. that plot makes more sense than when they sent a cat who was secretly a person to stop Tommy. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, cat. Do you know she runs her own Power Rangers YouTube channel now? Doesn't surprise me, really, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she and uh, the Yellow Zeo Ranger uh, uh, talk about uh, behind-the-scenes production stuff from the times they were on Power Rangers. On specific episodes. Neat. That's actually neat. That actually is interesting. I'd... I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, Rita has tracked down the Wizard of Deception. The coolest looking motherfucker on this entire goddamn series so far. With the exception of maybe Dracon. Yeah, who... I don't think shows up again until after Shattered Grid is over, I think. Mm-hmm. But that could be just remembering, whatever. Yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, so she tracked down the Wizard of Deception in order to uh, have something made. Uh, she, jo- she goes to pay him with a uh, fucking uh, Volcano Embers. But he wants something a bit more powerful. He wants the truth. 
Uh, she gives the truth, and he says, like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, let's make this shit. Meanwhile, back into the command center, Zordon's back. Pardon me. No worries. And uh, they talk about then they talk about uh, Grace, the other Rangers. And Zordon is like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, and this is the part of the story where I start getting a little annoyed, I guess. Okay. Because, like, after this point, um, I don't, and I discussed this with you previously when I finished reading this section, Dead Man. I kind of would, if I was to sum up this section of the next couple issues of the story with a joke, it would be from Anchorman. Well, that escalated quickly. Oh, yeah, after the fight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, specifically, up to this point, aside from her background, we have not really been given any indication that what the way Grace is acting is in any way shady. But, like, right after this, after Zordon says, Rangers, you shouldn't necessarily trust Grace Sterling, they pull such a switch so quick (laughs) that I get a little annoyed with it. Yeah, so they... Yeah, so with this, uh, Zordon's like, hey, maybe not not the offer. And then everyone's like, yeah, no, I think it's cool. And then he's like, okay, yeah, it's your decision. I made the power protect you. And back at, you know, Promethea, everyone's hanging out. Billy's doing science. Tommy is pretending to listen to him do science. Meanwhile, Kim Kim and Trini, Trini is doing science and Kim is listening to Trini do science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Kim is expressing the fact, well, Kim and Trini are expressing the fact that Kim is not taking her parents' divorce really well, and that's affecting the way she's interacting with Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Saba, meanwhile... Yeah, no worse than the time she wrote that Dear John letter. Fuck. <laughs> Even with the context of why she did it, it's still, it's still fucking ridiculous. Yeah, this is this will be a fun one for you if you ever read it, Nico. They wrote an entire side story to justify a really stupid decision in Power Rangers Zeo to explain why Kimberly was never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just in the middle of the fucking series, she just wrote Tommy a letter saying, hey, we're breaking up. <laughs> and then they, made, then they made a six-issue miniseries about her, about like her coming to the realization of why she needs to break up with Tommy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Written okay. by the Neo Batgirl people. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, which was weird. <laughs> I mean, not Babs Tar, just Brendan Fletcher. Yeah, right, yeah right, just, right, the, right. just like the actual writers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that makes sense then with the Dear John reference. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so anyway, meanwhile, in the pocket dimension, uh, Saba is trying to give uh, fucking Finster a deal. She's like, hey, you like to create, right? Well, hey, fucking stay in this pocket dimension and you can fucking hang out here and be a awesome stuff. It'll be great. Isn't that going to be cool? To which Finster responds, fuck you, nerd. People need to see my shit. <laughs> I was kind of... Not that I would have been happy with him turning like on the side of like uh, like good with the Rangers at this point. I just thought that was actually a really interesting approach for him to kind of like, you know, ask him like to do like that. And 
I, I like that scene again. I like the scene where where the like you know these two characters are kind of yeah. like playing off each other, and and it's the it's Saba of all people. I thought that was really interesting. So yeah, yeah, I th- I thought it was I, I, again. I don't I don't think I didn't actually think he was gonna like be a good guy of all yeah, of course a sudden, not. but yeah, but I thought it was an interesting idea, and the fact that he was just like fuck you, like <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I was like, "How about you eat my ass, you fucking sword?" <laughs> I need to go back to my oven, man. I think I left it running. Anywho, oh uh, yeah, so Kim and Tommy finally managed to talk uh, to each other for the first time in a while. It goes as well as you would expect. Yeah, because the thing we said earlier. The, yeah, because. I guess they wanted to. In- I guess Kyle Higgins wanted to introduce some conflict into one of the relationship parts that people love from the original series, just to kind of delay it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jason is talking to Grace about the burdens of leadership and being the Red Ranger, which I feel like that was necessary for Jason. Jason has kind of no one to turn to. In terms of like a leadership role, yeah. Like you can't really talk to Zordon because Zordon is Zordon's barely a person, and no one else really understands the weight of being in charge. At least that we've seen so far, and so having th- this is a potential that they could have done something with that I don't think they do. Grace just kind of says, "Hey, man." Being in, being in charge being being in charge of stuff is tough. Oh, hey, look, an alert! So they fuck off to go do Power Ranger stuff, and then it gets unnecessarily evil. Yeah, full on quarantine. <laughs> yes, with one of the scientists coming up and saying, "Do they know?" Da da da. Yeah. But you will tell them, right? When the time is right, they'll find out. But until then, there's a world to save. Yeah, and also, I know she gives a reason, but her reasoning for why she doesn't tell them she has Dracon is a little... It's dumb. It's a little pointlessly antagonistic. Yeah, that was stupid. (laughs) And, like, even, like, you know... Because, like, she's not malicious. Yeah, She's she's... damaged, but she's not evil. Yeah, like she, and she's, she's not, not that she doesn't trust the Rangers. Yeah, she's not like holding Dracon so he should, so you can like learn the secrets of the fucking morphing grid and fucking get her powers back. She's not doing anything like super fucking weird. She's not doing anything terrible with him. She's just holding him and doesn't want them to know. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and again, I, this feels like conflict for conflict's sake. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on to issue 23, the penultimate issue for us. Uh, this time we actually get an anchor credited by name as a Jagdish Kumar. Sorry, I butchered that name again. Uh, as he is credited with inks on page four or five, as well as seven through 12. The first time we've had an anchor by name, which is weird. That they waited until now to fucking credit an inker, or mm. or all the other artists ink themselves, right? 
I, I don't know. Since they, didn't, since they didn't credit an inker, I don't know if it's done by the artist or the colorist. Right. Anyway. Rita makes it back to her fucking temple with Squat and Babu as she fixes it like fucking nothing happened. And she then says her first order is to find Finster. Meanwhile, the rangers are fighting Sheeple. Yes! My favorite of the of the monsters. Yes, they dive in as a sheep wearing VR goggles with speakers on his shoulders is screaming only one Olsen. The conspiracy theory that there is only one Olsen twin and it's just, and it's just moving back and forth at rapid rates. I just found this the funniest bit of the whole 24 issues. I was just like, I was just like okay, he's purposely just being straight up ridiculous. Oh, yeah, this here. is, this is like, a straight up joke. Yeah, I mean, like, th- these like, are the like parts it, of uh, Kyle Higgins storytelling that work here. Like, yeah, like, like even the monsters, it. even the monsters before this were stupid, but like this was funny. Like, it's just like, I was just like, yeah, this is really funny. Really stupid. Yeah. So as they are, <laughs> so as they're, as they are like, uh, they're like you know brainstorming names he's screaming out conspiracy theories like the earth is flat the apollo moon landing wasn't real <laughs> yeah man, this made me laugh <laughs> yeah and i love the design of him too like the vr like the fucking vr goggles the things the shoulders the illuminati yeah. eye on his chest yeah yeah just so good <laughs> yeah and then all of his wool becomes like conspiracy monsters like fucking cloverfield <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as that is all happening, um, the range uh, back at Promethea, uh, they got a hit on one of the monsters uh, from uh, over in Vancouver. Oh, Canada. Uh, letting them and Grace says to uh, hold off on telling the Rangers, uh, let them handle New York. As they, as they, as the, as the Prometheus will try to handle things on their own. Meanwhile, the little sheep monster is saying there was a second shooter. Uh, Paul is dead. Which I'm assuming they guess Paul McCartney's dead. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about conspiracy theories. I don't know. Like some of this, I was I knew what he was referencing. Other stuff, I was like, that's maybe too. Obs- I mean, I've already as you've already shown some of this is too obscure even for me. But yeah. Uh yeah. So uh, the word of sheeple uh, continues to get things all the fucking mess as Billy summons up his Zord for a plan as he uses a fucking voice modulator to copy the voice of sheeple. And it works for whatever reason. <sighs> so yeah, they jump over to fucking Vancouver, getting the call from Grace as Grace is like, hey, we got a hit in the guy. Guy. He hasn't changed yet, so we're keeping him under quarantine. Because, you know, we had to read, we had to read that one. Whatever. Please stay. <laughs> it begins to get the Rangers their first little doubts for real doubts about uh, about Grace and Promethea. Because, you know, they're 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 approaching all this stuff from like, you know, I guess naive teen side of things. She's approaching it from like more 
cynical adult side of things. I guess. I, I don't know what they're going for with that. Again, this is all sort of like stuff that doesn't necessarily pay off in any way, so I'm more than a little confused. Yeah. Particularly in hindsight. I'm like, you never really come back to this. I know what you do with this character afterwards. You literally throw her outside of time and space. And I, when you put her in a leadership role over Rangers again, I, her perspective is more just basically what Jason's is. So this perspective where she's like kind of ends justify the means. I'm just trying to make the world a better place. I I don't quite get what she's going for. <laughs> Me either, really. Uh, so anyway, Rita contacts Finster, who breaks his glasses, which opened up a portal. And he escapes. Was anytime he wanted. Just waiting for just waiting for Rita. Back at Prethia, uh, fucking Billy fixes up the fi- fixes up the thing. Uh, gets talking to one of the scientist ladies, and it's just and it's just like, hey, suspicions. Yeah, they keep having suspicions and things of Jason's, like whatever. Uh, Billy manages to find a room that is currently under guard by a potato, from the looks of it. One of the guys looks yeah, like a fucking baked potato, like a thumb. So you can't go in here. Oh, okay. But well, I want to go in there. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Billy leaves, turns a corner, and teleports into the room anyway. And whoops to do there's Draken. Show me a bear call Kim Possible. Oh, I would have killed for Shigo. <laughs> <laughs> And move on to issue 24, the final issue before we go, the final issue for us tonight, the prelude to uh, to Shattered Grid, as Rita gets super fucking pissed about Finster and his plan. Yeah, and, and what I was referring to at the start of this show, and I said, like, the, this plan was actually good and they would be more successful if she didn't fucking have to step in. But of course she had to step in here and be like, nope, I want you to fucking let loose all these monsters at the same time because I'm fucking crazy. And then she just fucks everything up. Yep. <laughs> Which I guess, you know, is is the character, but she just couldn't help herself. And I think it was a, a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, meanwhile, Billy is talking to Draken. Well, I should I, I say talking. Billy is standing stunned in front of Draken. To which Draken quips, which is weird. When I think of talking, uh, he has been there for months, you know, since the thing happened. Uh, and meanwhile, all around the world, shit is popping off. We got... Knights Templar, but dressed like pedophiles. We got fucking turtle samurai. We got kangaroo people. We got camel. We got camels made out of sand. We got dinosaurs made out of buzz saws. We got fire, just fire. Mm-hmm. As the Rangers are all. Oh, whoops! Don't worry about that. Sorry. Dropped a book. Yeah, as the Rangers are trying to uh, deal with the situation, uh, Grace. Fucking drops in with her mech. And Jason's like, yo, fuck off. God damn it. 
And they changed up the plan to, and they changed the plan from beat the monsters to beat the monsters quickly. <laughs> and shockingly, that plan works. Which is yeah. to say, it, which is to say, they actually managed to beat a bunch of the monsters before all the monsters start dying. Yeah, because Rita's approach to their plan was stupid. And this is where yeah. Finster has his great line where it's like, you know, yeah, like, why is it happening? Why are they all weakening? And Finster's like, well, mistress. Go ahead. You, go, you say it. You say it better than me. Okay, yeah. Rita's like, why is this why are they awakening? And Finch is like, well, mistress, and they were already technically some of these creatures already grew. So a second growth just destabilized them. And so when you decided to size them up, they were just like they just started falling apart. And Rita's like, Why did you tell me any of this? Uh, to which Finster replies, Well, Empress, you spent considerable time instructing me on what my role was. I took that meant you I took that to mean you knew best. Yeah. This little sassy little bitch. Which is great, of course, it. of course. You I know, love this gonna- Finster. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I mean. Like I, I, when I when I said earlier, I wasn't annoyed by it. I just, I, of course, you know, Power Rangers is gonna win. But like, you know, it's just it was just funny that for once it actually seemed like Finster of all people had a good plan here, and then of course Rita had to come along and fuck everything. You know, that's <laughs> most of, like, that's most of the things. Every, like pretty much everybody on Rita's team, with the exception of Squat and Babu, have better plans than Rita. Okay, yeah. Well, for me, that, that was kind of like, I just thought, like, if they're all taking orders from her, you would think that she would have a good idea once in a while, but, like, this is not the case, right? Yeah, I, so. think they, <laughs> I think the only reason they did that was because of Lord Zed. Okay, yeah, so that it was fun for me. Like, I really enjoyed this whole... Yeah, yeah but, that, and that, again, but this is great here, but it's another missed opportunity thing, because at no point in the future does Rita ever learn to listen to Fenster. Or yeah, which advice, is a shame, so. because fucking... He was great in this. Yeah, because it suggests here that she could that he could not just be her monster creator, but also an advisor. Which right. no, none of Rita's group are advisors; they are henchmen. Yeah, which mm-hmm. they also prove that she doesn't understand her henchmen very well, since they can apparently utilize stuff she understands poorly. But again, this is another this 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 whole chunk of the story. I guess because Higgins left after Shattered Grid, we never come back to. So it's just kind of lying there, pointless. Yeah, and and one more thing I had I said earlier, like it, I mean, overall, it seems like this this eight issues after the first big storyline worked more for me than it did for you guys. But at the same time, like I feel I was riding off of the high of the conclusion of that last um, that first story and that story in itself, and also the fact that he only had eight issues compared to the first arc where he did it in 16 right and not to say that he couldn't have done a better job in eight issues it's just like if this is what comes before shattered grid it's kind of a wasted opportunity in many ways so that's i agree with Gertie when he had said that like there is a lot of things that don't come to fruition as a result of that right yeah like this could like if this had been 16 issues it might have actually worked a bit better because they would have been able to like piece it out a bit yeah so i in discussing this like i see exactly you're, why you would say a lot of the things you guys have been mentioning about these eight? It just, I don't know. I just and and knowing Shattered Grid's coming up for me, like I, if I'm gonna be confused, I definitely will walk away from this saying that the first arc was the best, right? But yeah. I, I think I think that I was just riding off the high of that first arc so much. Reading this next uh, set of issues, I really quite enjoyed this throughout. Like for me personally, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I, I hear yeah. So anyway, 
after defeating all the monsters, uh, they return back to Promethea, where the rangers are a bit miffed. Yeah. Yep, they meet Draken. And, and Grace's whole disp- response is basically like, what? Yeah, it's like, What's the problem? I would have told you. <laughs> Why didn't you? Because I was gonna. <laughs> Again, th- this part of the story seems flimsy. It seems like Higgins wanted to get to Shattered Grid and didn't care how. <laughs> yeah, which is which is weird. I, I I think I talked about this with Birdie a bit, but it is really bizarre to me that 24 issues into this new series, he decided to fucking do a massive universe shifting event like Shattered Grid. Yeah, like right. they jumped. Like it's imagine at the start of the DC universe, and within like two years of the DC universe, they decided to do Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Grace tries to justify herself. Jason is like, "Hey, this ain't gonna work," and they all teleport away, leaving Grace dejected in her Ava plug suit. Uh, they all decide. Yeah, they all are like, "Hey, we need to fucking work on a plan. We need to get this stuff going." Uh, Zordon talks to Jason about Jason's trepidations about being a leader because he ultimately made the decision to fucking trust Grace. And Saba, listening to all this, decides, "Okay, time to murder." As he goes to uh, find, as he goes to find Dracon uh, tied up in the in Promethea. And uses his eye laser poorly. Instead, freeing Dracon, uh, letting him, letting Dracon rip the fucking lion head off the sword, killing Saba. So that's just a sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, using magic to open a portal and jump back to his original universe. And thus, the stage is set for Shattered Grid. Damn! Over three hours of Power Rangers talk. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. <laughs> when we get to when we get to Shattered Grid, cut to two thousand years of the future and uh, <laughs> a team of Rangers you've never seen before. Hell yeah, dude! Well, well, I for one, I, I am gonna like you said, even with the fair warning that I will be confused, I will eventually read that and would would uh, love to talk about that at some point for sure. Yeah, yeah, eventually. But let's do it for this. Let's do it for this bit. <sighs> Yeah, that was. I thought that this was, was good. Be a simpler part. Yeah, that was I am, fun. I enjoy, I really enjoy these spotlight episodes. Yeah, sure, I, I, I had a great too. time. I just, it's just, oh god, like this was the simpler part of the story. Yeah. At some point, we have to return and explain Shattered Grid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I said I'm not in a rush. <laughs> oh no, yeah, <laughs> we have plenty of other things in the docket to look forward to. Yeah, but this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Very surprised. Yeah, so, uh, as at the top of the show, keep an eye out for the rest of Titans coming soon. Yes. Uh, episodes uh, ten and uh, episodes uh, 9 and 10 should be up soon, or soon-ish when this goes up. Uh, and then not long after that, episodes 11, 12, and 13. Uh, we'll have more stuff coming from us specifically in the, near, in the upcoming months. Yeah, positive stuff. Yes, positive. Hopefully positive. <laughs> well, one thing I, we all know is positive that's coming, but... We just haven't done it yet. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, hey, 
If you have a comic you want us to look at the Spotlight episode, head over to Patreon at patreon.com prods and sign up with the five tier five dollar tier and we can fucking you can make us read a thing. Yeah. Link for that in the sidebar. <laughs> Any hoozle. Until then I'm dead. I'm Nico. <laughs> Birdie is always a massive delay on actually saying uh, <laughs> it's I, always I, weird. Go go Canada time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> I was kinda hoping I was kinda hoping right then you'd say and I'm Birdie. <laughs> I'm Birdie? <laughs> <laughs>